Hello, sports fans. This is Sellout Sports. I am Tori Rich, joined by Michael Mawson in Bennington, and joining us remote is Parker Rush by Rochester, New Hampshire, by way of Rochester, New Hampshire. Uh, I've got a lot to get off my chest to begin now that we are social media famous. We have all those theoretical social media dollars. <laughs> we haven't turned them into real dollars yet. We're working on it. We're going to pass go and we're going to collect $200 yes, pretty soon. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I don't know where uh, I don't know where go is. We got to roll the dice. Don't hit doubles three times. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, a lot to get to, a lot of uh, grievances to air. And so let's do it. Welcome in, everybody. And uh, I I hope a few uh, new listeners now, now that we have uh, doubled our following on social media. Our, I, I'd like to start right there with the, the social media stuff and the people making fun of us for how many followers we don't have. Well, we, we literally have 13 on Twitter. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's pathetic. But that being said, like, who cares? I literally had somebody comment and I'm like, whatever. He's not going to hear it anyway. But... It's just hilarious to me. The guy's like, oh, 13 followers. So like, oh, so my, so I'm, I'm invalidated now. <laughs> like, so anyway, you know, I learned a lot. You want more fuel, buddy? I'm one of those 13 followers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> okay, so now we're down to 10. We have a quarter of our uh, follow, Twitter following on this broadcast. And we don't give a shit. So anyway, so... You know, all of that being said, I learned a lot about social media and some things that I should have already known. But one thing that was interesting to me is Facebook is apparently way more relevant than I thought because that's where we're that's I, where we're getting our following. I think it's your takes. I think it's your your uh, oh, disdain it's, for refs. It's, I think I think you're hitting. Man. It's old. Yes, man social I think media. that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. You're not um, doing TikTok dances. So you're not getting those Instagrams. That's true. We old got, men yelling at clouds. <laughs> That is me. That is me. I, if you can't laugh at yourself, right? Okay, but listen. So, so I'm reading the Facebook comments, and all I can do is laugh at a lot of them. It is just, it's okay. There's people yelling. They're, they're yelling at clouds too, and whether they agree with me or not, I'd say a good 65 percent of them are morons. <laughs> and like, and then welcome to the world. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. This is something that I should have already known, but these people just want to argue. Like they're on there, so like we have we have several posts on there about you know various things that I'm complaining about in the NFL, and it's very clear they didn't watch the game. Some of them, it's very clear they haven't watched a game in ten years, and they just want to come on and argue with people. Like who the fuck has time for this? Like me, this is my job. I'm trying to make it so someday I don't have to have a real job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I literally thank my wife for that because I'm not spending a lot of time with her lately. I was like, thank you for letting me follow my dream of not having a real job someday. So, like, I fully acknowledge that, that, you know, if, if this is what we did for a living, you know, but 
Yeah, like who the fuck has time to just go on social media? And I don't, I don't want to bash it. It's helping us, but it's like, who has time to just go on and argue with people about stuff that they clearly have no idea about? People that like, learn the rules, like, dude, I know the fucking rules. Like, yeah, to like, to pull the curtain back a little bit, like we get a lot of this in our in our day job, right? Yeah, like people exactly. that just read the headlines on the social media posts and they look at one photo and they make a decision in three seconds when you should be reading, you know, the entire entire story to you know before you want to say something i didn't realize it was to this degree with sports too like yes you see a clip and you're going to instant react but like have some knowledge like you're you were talking about targeting like a lot of people were saying that's targeting on a patrick mahomes slide no slide situation yeah. right like uh no brother there is <laughs> that's, that's that's not a nfl thing nope nope that's wrong day of the week you know yeah, that's a saturday yeah. thing not a sunday thing yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> thank you uh, okay so so my two favorites that i've seen i um and i say this you know in, in terms of like this is how bad it was several people got mad at me because i because i was furious about the eagles the eagles game and first of all i'm an eagles fan and a, a call that went in the eagles favor where jets receiver alan lazard throws a quote-unquote blindside block which, whatever, disgusting call. We'll get to it in a second. But I was saying, I think that the NFL needs to fix this. And several people come on and basically like, like, like oh, the, whoever made this post clearly uses tampons. <laughs> it's, just, it's just some of the most vile shit about what a pussy I am because they thought I was in favor of the blindside block rule. I was like, no, guys, I think there's been a misunderstanding. <laughs> like, if you guys had just watched the game, you would have known. So that one was pretty funny to me. And then another post about our about the I think I think we should make some changes to the pass interference rule in the NFL. And so I'm trying to negotiate with the guy, and, and like and, I, and so I thought I had like, you know, I, I extended an olive branch, and I was like, well, what about this? I, I came back with a counter offer, you know, like we're actually negotiating the rules here. I thought it was going to be a productive conversation, and the guy just comes back like. Oh, so like you just want to like let defensive backs mug receivers no matter what? Like, okay, yeah, got it. <laughs> and then left, like like you just had this totally passive aggressive response, and I was just like, like, why am I engaging with this? <laughs> you know, I was trying to get like fans' reactions, what people are actually thinking out there, and um, that was just a mistake. I don't know. So don't... let's get into what you're thinking on these plays because <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what the people want to hear. Um, yeah, I mean that's why they're here now, right? Guys, um, so to get to that first one, I I think this again. I'm an Eagles fan, so don't question my objectivity ever, because I'm an Eagles fan, and this definitely helped the Eagles out and almost gave them a chance to win the game. Um, so big completion, I think, to uh, Garrett Wilson. Alan Lazard throws a block straight into uh, Blankenship's chest, e Eagles defensive back. And yeah, like it looked like it fucking hurt. And that's, sorry, dude, that's football. And sure enough, out comes the flag. It's like, again, what did I say on the Randall Cobb one in the preseason? Like the tackle was imminent. Like he was, he was going to make the play. He was going to get, he, at the very least, he was going to get involved on the play. And what is Alan, like, what do we propose Alan Lazard does in that situation? I get it. Like if you're, if you're kind of running at an angle, I like the play where the guy just gets in the defender's way. And, like a pick and, almost. Uh, like, yeah, exactly. At that angle, there was no pick to he's, be set. He's coming right at him. Yeah. yeah he's going to get run over. And all Lazar did was lower his shoulder so he could stand his ground. 
You know what I mean? Like, and, he, like, like, yeah, he hurt him, but he didn't. Like, he could have. Lazard's a big dude. He could have cleaned him the fuck out, and, and he didn't. And can we rewrite like Blindside because it's how can it be Blindside when you're chasing the ball carrier and it's at your chest? It's not like he's hitting his back. Like, he, like yeah, yeah, he didn't exactly like because like that's what I'm saying. It's on the defender if he didn't see it coming. Like, obviously, he's looking at the ball, and like you can't fault him for looking at the ball, right? Like that's <laughs> you know he's chasing the ball. He's trying to make the tackle, but you, you have to like. He saw him in his peripheral. Like, there's no doubt in my mind based off of where his head was and and where Lazard was. But here's the again, it, like it doesn't matter whether he saw him or not. Like, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, like you know, the term is blindside, right? It doesn't matter whether he saw him or not. Like, he is throwing a block for his teammate at the front of the guy's body. It, it, like, this is this is opposed to everything that any old school football player has been taught and I, and I get it, you know, head hunting and everything that we were taught that as young football players too. And we shouldn't have been, I'm, I get it. I'm, I'm with it. I'm sorry. The blindside block rule is going too far. Yeah. And I mean, I think, it. I think it was kind of like early on. I'm not sure if it was made to be this way or if it, it just how, no, no, how no, it was again. No, but, no, not the, not this instance, but like blindside blocks like 10 years ago. Right. When, when I saw those, it was like away from the play, unnecessary exactly. stuff. No, th- this rule came and now from... It's, this now r- it's like you can't block somebody in front of you. Yeah, this this rule came from Warren Sapp on, a, on an interception. Right. Absolutely annihilated uh, an Just offensive lineman named, named yeah. Chad Clifton. Clifton wasn't involved in the play. He wasn't going to get involved in the play. It was like 40 yards away. And and he annihilated him. And he like the guy literally like broke his pelvis or something. Like, that sounds painful. Yeah, exactly. It is like at the time everyone's like, oh, everything's going soft. So like I get it. I'm a dinosaur. Like whatever. But like at some point we got to push back. Like there are there are, there is some risk involved in playing football. Like as soon as soon as P, like because that was the, some of the other comments. It was like oh so we should just accept CTE. Like you know what? Let me just give the disclaimer right now. My views do not reflect the views of the Bennington Banner or Vermont News and Media or even Michael Mawson, okay? These are my views, but yes, you accept some risk when you play a contact fucking sport. Shut the fuck up. Parker, uh, I feel like Tori might have rubbed off on me over these past couple of months when it comes to rules. Am I, am I growing tougher? Or how do you feel about this situation? Yeah, go, Parker. Um, so I think it's a... Like it, I get the rule, and I like the rule when it's unnecessary. But like in this situation, so you're with me. Like if it's away from the the play, was imminent. Yeah, if it's away from the play, like I agree 100%. Throw the flag. This one wasn't egregious. Like was it a big block, and was there a lot of contact? Absolutely. Um. But I think, like, in the the game of football, like, I agree with Tori, like, some risk is, is, uh... Assumed, yeah. Is going to be there, no matter what. Yeah, so, I mean, I agree 100% that this was bullshit, um, but I don't think the rule itself is bullshit, which is what it sounded like from Tori as well. And so, yeah, so collisions are, uh, you know, an inherent risk of the game. And some collisions are, for lack of a better word, necessary. Collisions are going to happen. Yeah. So it's just like, what are we doing here? 
Like, like people that play football, again, I literally wrote this column about DeMar Hamlin last year. It's like football, I think DeMar Hamlin would tell you that football saved his life, right? Is it like, like, like when, you know, there was still, he was still wasn't out of the woods yet and all that stuff. And I wrote that column expecting some flack and we never really got it. Right. Right. But it was like, but football saves people's lives. Football probably saved my life because I was an angry fucking kid and I wanted an outlet for my aggression. And like, what else are you going to do with fat kids that don't have that, that a need exercise and B yeah, need to do something like, like if you turn it into flag football, I'm telling you, you're going to have a lot more angry kids on your fucking hands. And whether it's the healthy way to deal with it or not, guess what? That's not the situation in America. We have mental health fucking problems everywhere. So like this goes deeper than football for me. It's like, like what the fuck are we doing? We are so soft. Like, we are pretty soft. I'm sorry guys, but if you, if you play professional football, this is, you accept some risk. There are some things that we can take out of this game and we're about to get to it. Foreshadowing, right? Or that's a tease, right? But anyway, that's enough on that one. I think we've, I think we all are in agreement. This, this particular call, they should probably adjust the language. Tackle is imminent would be great. Great language, right? I'm going to, I'm going to vouch for you to become a, a league writer, like a ghost writer for the NFL <laughs> rule book. And uh, yeah, I mean, maybe, uh, yeah, but the, they'll never, they'll never agree to it. <laughs> they'll never agree to the things I'm proposing. Um, Tori's a monster. <laughs> You're a monster. I, dude, every time I, like, I just always think of the gingerbread man. And Shrek. <laughs> that's, that's, that's people's response to me. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving on to roughing a passer in the jets, uh, excuse me, in the giants and bills game. I mean, <laughs> what, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that one. It, like even Chris Collinsworth was, was like, uh, I'm just going to send that one to you. Uh, not Blandino, but the other one. Um, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> even Collinsworth, who is the most pro offense guy out so, there. So there's a guy who just got benefited on a call. <laughs> like he did everything he possibly could. Like, like he barely contacted. I mean, did he, I don't even think he made contact with his head. And then Michael's even, I think he or, might or not have. Michael, sorry. Who, wait, who's uh Tariko, right? Tariko, Yeah. Trico was like, like, yeah, the flag came from across the field and he literally hit him. He hit Allen in the head with like his armpit <laughs> and there was like no real contact. Like, like the NFL needs to start finding officials. I'm sorry. It needs to start happening because you, they make a hundred, what a hundred grand a game or something like that. I'm like, not sure what they make, but no, they make well, good money. It's like they it, make, they make more than college officials and SEC officials make like 60 K a game. That's so, a lot of money. Or, or no, sorry. I think it's like sixty k a year, not a game. But so yeah. yeah I was like, damn. Okay. My okay. My, I might might have to correction. bust out the rule book here. Correction. I meant they make. I think they make about a hundred k a year. Okay. They make a pretty good. I know they're not technically full time employees for whatever right. reason because right. I think the NFL doesn't want to pay their health insurance. Um, <laughs> guess what? They they make good money. I don't feel. I I, I again. I I will give another disclaimer. I am not giving you I'm, – I'm not saying that people should go out and yell at the people umpiring their eight-year-old's baseball game. Like, you're an asshole because that guy's a volunteer or he's getting paid like 20 bucks. Just shut up. What I'm talking about is college and professional referees need to do a better job, okay? So, roughing the passer in the Giants and Bills game, ridiculous. Yeah, I really don't have much to say about that. I agree. I think roughing the passer has gotten – Way gone way too far. You can't tap a you know a quarterback on the head as you know you're coming down from a bull rush or whatever, and your hand 
touches the helmet of a quarterback, it's a 15-yard penalty. Yeah, literally lay a finger on his helmet, and now, yeah. So, um, And this one, so San Francisco, Cleveland, kind of like the Giants, you know, like Giants put themselves in the position to lose that game. So, like, you know, same thing. The 49ers played like shit all day, and so they lost to the Browns. That being said, a huge call to, you know, send the Browns on that game-winning drive is um, – Shit, who was the 49ers safety that hit him? I don't remember. Um, But the 49ers safety hits the Browns wide receiver. And this one, I'll give the refs a little bit of leeway. This is the one where I'm going to say this needs to be reviewable. And I hate it because there's already too many reviews. Like, again, we we don't need to slow the game down that much. It just needs to be New York, call the ref, say, nope, you got it wrong. And that's fine. You know what I mean? I, I'm fine if you throw the flag because especially Sean Gibson, that's who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gibson, Elijah Moore, yeah, yeah. Gibson with the hit on Moore, right. So I understand why the flag came out on that one. It was close. But that being said, it was wrong. It was the wrong call. Gibson did the right thing. It was a clean, mean, hard hit, but it was clean. And it, and it, and it propelled the Browns on that drive to go down the field and win the game. Like these these calls are are affecting the outcomes of games. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And you know, like <laughs> you know, in, in a way, you know, you should actually be pissed because if if you don't like the 49ers, for instance, you should almost be mad about it because it's probably going to wake the 49ers up that they lost earlier in the season. You know, so um, it's just it. I I think it's time to look at reviewing personal. You know, defense defenseless receiver roughing the passer. Um, you know, maybe maybe you can only do one a game, so it's it, it becomes part of the strategy again. In maybe they do the inside two minutes again, but it needs to be quick, like it, like which it's not going to be. That's going to be the problem. But see, that's what I don't get is like why can't it be quick? You know what I mean? Like like because they they they're fucking idiots, Tori, and they <laughs> they have they have six hundred foot. You know, I don't know what's the newest pixels, but whatever the newest pixels are, they have that definition on the screens. They have 600 foot screens, and then they go on Michael Michael Scott's little TV, as you know, <laughs> yeah. and they they look at the play on that flat screen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they look on the play on. Like it's it's crazy. It's like you have like world renowned technology. A couple, if you just look straight, but nope, let's look in this little box. And that's really what I'm saying. We have the technology. We can look at this from 47 freaking angles, like, and you only need probably three to get the call right. And it, and again, like, and why can't you just be looking at the same angle that I saw? I saw on the first replay. Nope, wrong. Got it wrong. And then I made a reel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like in the time that shameless. It took, like, and I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I'm not even good at technology. And in the time it took me to make a reel, I probably could have you know, done the review faster than they would. So Parker, what do you think about more reviews? Parker, your thoughts, please. Um, so I agree that someone should be watching like every game and just watching the officials. The officiating is horrendous. It needs to be fixed. I don't know. As you say that, as you say that, I just saw three flags dropped in this uh it was just a false start but uh monday night football game sorry parker continue it's just funny timing no i mean i i think they should have like someone dedicated to watch every single game maybe one person per game 
that just watches the officials, watches the calls that are made, and because they can, they have like the quick reviews where they just phone in and they like tell them whether it's good or not. I think we should do the same with uh, with the penalties. Yeah, and they and they do and that a some lot. Some of these are egregious, and they do that a lot in college, right? It's just like where they don't even have to throw the flag. It's just like, nope, actually, officials were wrong. We're just gonna. Fix that for they, you really yeah, quick. I have to, to give credit where it's oh, due. Okay. I've All seen right. that. I yeah, I've seen that a few times in college, but not yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. I don't see that in the NFL. So give credit where it's due, right? Like I have seen that a few times. They're they're improving the process slowly but surely, I guess. Let me ask you guys this, and I think I proposed this one other time. I think we have seven officials on the field right now, right? There's a referee, umpire, two side judges, two back judges, maybe only six. How many officials in an NFL game? Do, 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 do. Anyway, I think it's, do, do, do. I think it's either seven or eight. Uh, yeah. So what do you guys think about this? Again, we have the technology. The NFL has the money, especially the NFL. Like I'm not talking about it like D1 college or, uh, you know, D2 colleges or anything like that. But like, yeah, SEC, professional football, stuff like that. Why not one official for every offensive player on the field? Yeah, it's been it's been seven since 2015. Got it. Um, so what like like I mean am I crazy to just say why not have one official watch every player on the field then you won't you won't miss any holding you won't miss any you know what I mean like I don't know where exactly where you position that's the problem right because we're I'm starting to see a little bit more like referees getting in the way of plays (laughs) a little bit I did see that that happened in the Notre Dame game yeah the blind like when he was throwing over the middle and (laughs) it was (laughs) it was a rub route on a official essentially he he fucking hits the wide receiver (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know where you put them. Logistically, it well, could be. Well, again, what, like it could be four eyes in the sky too, like like for you know something like that. But again, we have the technology, we have the money. I Let, mean, there could certainly be another guy in the back. That's not you know ninety nine point eight percent of the time. That's never going to affect the game flow because I mean, worst case scenario is a botched snap, and you're you're hoping that the official is attentive enough and mobile enough to get out of the way if, if they see a snap coming, right? Like, I don't know all the responsibilities of every official, right? I don't understand. And you know what? More officials might not work because I don't understand all the shit that the side judges miss. They're looking straight down the fucking line of scrimmage. Yeah. And there's guys offsides all the time. There's false starts all the time. There's illegal formation all the time. What are you guys doing? Again, the office space beam. What would you say you do here? Like, Seriously, what are you guys doing? And then, but okay, so, but that being said, let the umpire watch the quarterback since you care so much about the fucking quarterback. I know that's not going to go away, right? So let the umpire watch the quarterback, have another official watch the offensive line to watch for holding, watch for hands to the face, all that stuff. You know what I mean? Because in their defense, it's probably too much for one guy. I mean, the side judges are watching that too, but I don't know. They can, they can watch the tackles. Another, another guy can watch interior line or something, right? Something like that. Sure. Anyway, all right, let's get to the one that I know we're going to disagree on. I don't think Kyle Hamilton should have been ejected from that game. Personal foul, 100%, fine him a game check, fine. I don't think he should have been ejected from the game. It didn't end up mattering, the Ravens won, but I don't think that warrants an ejection, especially in professional football. Yeah, obviously we know he's going out for targeting, but again, we're watching this in slow motion, but I, I watch it. Like, you know, sometimes we say like, oh, you know, lowering the head, using the crown of the helmet, everything like that. Sometimes you can tell a guy is just bracing for impact. And that's what I see here. And what I also see 
is is Hamilton going for the ball with his hand? And I don't feel like if you're ripping at the ball and for the guy's head, basically what I feel like is I think the referees, the officials made an emotional decision because what was the name of the receiver again? Um, I don't know. The, the, I, I forget. That's the, number 11. I, yeah, I can see it in my... The the, the Titans receiver... It, it Moore. Moore. CJ Moore, maybe? Yeah. I know his last name is Moore. So, Moore. So... He gets up. He's wobbly. It was scary. It was it, like like it's not a hit that you want to see. It's not even a hit I want to see. Like it, like I've evolved. Like that used to be like fuck yeah. Like I'm not like that anymore. And, I'm really and ESPN not. used to show that. Which yeah. Is crazy. Oh yeah. They used to glorify two, that shit. So two decades ago, watch change. And I mean, whatever, man. Like I mean, look at the like the the hit that the Washington DB put on that guy. Like that guy still smashed his head off the ground. You yeah. still glorify that shit. So like. Whatever. No, I get you, but I I disagree with you on this. I think it a hundred percent warranted an ejection for me. He leaves his he leaves his feet and he's he has the crown down. And yes, does he? He I think he actually gets his hand on the ball. Um, like like you said, he is he's playing the ball in that aspect. But I think you can be doing both. I think you can be playing the ball and I think you can be head hunting at the same time. And I think that's what he was doing. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not a. I'm not a professional athlete, so I can't. To me, I can't imagine processing that fast and doing both things at the same time. But that, and that's what it comes down to for me is so many of these hits are split second decisions. And the thing is, like, that's the other thing that people don't get is as you're this is later in the game, you're tired. So, like, they could say, well, teach them the right technique. Like, dude, even world class athletes, te- technique breaks down and yeah, you I mean, get tired. That's boxing in a nutshell, right? pretty much right like a defense defensive boxer wins because the other guy gets tired and and he kind of stays right yeah well, i'm not i'm not a big boxing guy so please tell me no, if no, i'm no, wrong no no i get i get the analogy but i but i mean any sport weightlifting yeah like, like you literally train to do the same pattern over and over but on your 10th rep like the, the form breaks down so as a football player you can you can like these idiots that don't know anything about football at all will say like we'll we'll train them to do it you know break them of it and yeah sometimes sometimes we've already seen that things have changed right they have changed the way that they're playing yeah but some of these hits are unavoidable and again you're also even what i'm saying is that ejection has to mean intent and i think and it I, was there. I don't think intent was there i don't think there's enough to prove that intent was there especially because he's going for the ball i also think that th- that's the type of hit where if you like that's kind of a precedent one i think like yes, you see it in slow-mo, it, it looks worse. I will agree with that, 100%. Obviously, it looks worse when it's slowed down. Um, in real time, doesn't look great either, but it looks like he's, you know, when it's slowed down, you can see the head go down, and you're like, okay, he's he's headhunting. But but it's human instinct to protect your neck. No, I, I get that. I get that. But like, what I'm saying from, from, like, the NFL's point of view, he goes down... He's, it looks like he's headhunting, and then the guy is wobbly, right? I, I know that you say that shouldn't matter, but... It shouldn't. It, it, like you, in that instance... Referees, by, officials by definition can't make emotional decisions. No, I, I 100% he, get that. And there's a, there's a 0% chance that he gets ejected for that hit if, if the receiver pops right back up and walks back to the huddle. 0%. Parker, uh, Parker I, go. Well, Mawson thinks about it. I I agree with Mike on this one. Um, I thought it was egregious. Um, it might have been a bang bang play, but um, 
you got to take your head out of it, break it up with with your with your hands, with your body, but don't don't go head on me. Um, I love football as much as the next guy. I do remember the days where those kind of hits were glorified, and I loved it back then. But now, like I'm seeing, like you got to take that part of it out. He did launch. Um, in the NCAA ranks, like he would be ejected immediately, would be no question. I think targeting in college is iffy at times, but plays like that are, are ones that I totally agree with. I think the Kareem Jackson hit on uh, was it Logan Thomas a couple weeks ago? Probably had something to do with this too, because that one, that one was a dirty hit. Like I like I say like that, and he wasn't ejected for that. And he, and he wasn't. He, he was fined, and, I believe. Oh yeah, he, he was, got fined like two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he started missing open field tackles. <laughs> yeah, funny how that works. Uh, but anyway, all right, you guys have been pretty reasonable about the rest of them. So all I'll say is again, maybe maybe uh, if they want to adopt the same rules as college, where like it like okay, one targeting is enough and you're out. Like okay, but again then it's got to be reviewable because you can't lose a starter again, because you can't prove intent. And let's, let's say that he didn't do it on purpose because these are, you guys think he did it on purpose, but there, but you can also, you guys can also accept that there will be some where a guy will get ejected when he shouldn't have. Right. Or, no, there will be, you know what I mean? And I think that, that happens in college. Yeah. Ejection, ejection should always require intent. And that's what I hate about targeting in college is sometimes Again, like there's targeting on a on a running back. Like, come on, man. Like, you don't know what the running back's gonna do. Again, this is the other writing the rules, right? Yeah, these are your two tattoos that you should get. Yeah, write this. In, so if if the player has a predictable path of movement, where see, this is why we can't have eleven referees on the field. Look at this bullshit. <laughs> okay, okay. For everyone listening, we're, we're watching the Cowboys. So wait, so Dak was trying to go quick. Like go go pace and the ref got in the way. Is that yeah, and he's 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 in the same exact spot again. <laughs> he, I think he wants to be the new quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. He's, let's let's talk it over. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Look at agility, he's, he's, dude. He's got a smooth he, he back could be, pedal. He yeah. could be a DB. All right, sorry. Anyway, uh, path of motion. Uh, path, you know, predictable. Predictable path. Predictable path of movement. Movement. Generally, a quarterback has a predictable path of movement. Generally. A receiver going for the ball has a predictable path of movement for the most part. Receivers duck into the hit sometimes, but, um, and again, which is a natural reaction, but they're the ones that ducked into it. Anyway, so that's what I say. Predictable path of movement in college or pros, um, then that's when you start looking at targeting. If it's not predictable, like a running back, you have no idea which direction he's going to go. There should be no personal foul, period. Which brings me to also... What has brought us, made us internet famous, Patrick fucking Mahomes getting up. And so I, I, I don't know what side. You're, actually, yeah. So we're going to find out what side you're on on this because I thought this was ridiculous. Going back to Thursday, Patrick Mahomes dives head first. A, a forearm makes, grazes his head. And then another tackler comes in and, and like kind of like reached into his face mask, didn't pull it. So it wouldn't have been a foul. And Mahomes gets up doing his best LeBron impression. Like, like, where's the flag? Where's the flag? Just a little side note: it would have it, it was a sixty-yard field goal. He wanted a forty-five-yard field goal, and 
Sure, Bucker fucking drilled it, by the way. That, that, that fucking thing would have been good from 70 yards. No, no bullshit. Anyway, but, that, but Mahomes has a pattern of doing this shit. And it's not just Mahomes, by the way, because that's another thing that people, they immediately came to Mahomes' defense online. Like, like, a lot oh, of Mahomes oh, out there. Oh, all quarterbacks do this. All quarterbacks. It's like, I didn't say they didn't. I'm just saying I don't like this shit from him. You know what I mean? It's, but him throwing his hands up, expecting a flag for that. Like, listen. There needs to be a certain degree of risk. If you're a quarterback and you take off and run, you are a runner. You're not a quarterback anymore. What what do people not understand about this? Now, that being said, in 2018, the NFL did do a point of emphasis or whatever where a quarterback can give himself up anyway. Mahomes wasn't giving himself up. He was diving for more yards. So if you're going to tell me that you have to lay off a quarterback as, because he's going to the ground anyway, fuck that. Absolutely not. Because that means you have to lay off a quarterback as he's diving for a first down. Like the, the, what it's supposed to be is it's it's just like the slide, the way the rule reads now. It says if he gives himself up anyway, he's down there. He's down it's there. Not where yeah. He when, ends up. when have you ever seen that enforced? Okay, so when when Josh Allen starts his dive, that's where he's down. Bullshit. We're talking a lot about refs here. We need to uh, just do away with like we. The, the technology's there. Just put a chip in the ball. And, like, I've seen – I saw some egregious spots this weekend just in general. I, kind of, That kind of goes to your point. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you're diving headfirst, you're you're looking for more yards. And, uh, yeah, you are giving up your privilege of being a quarterback in the NFL, I think, yeah. at that point. Um, and I, by the way, it's supposed to be any player that gives himself up. But, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure a tight end or a wide receiver gets that call. You know what I mean? Man, it's, maybe I'm hanging around with you too much because I'm kind of with you. Um, it's gross behavior, right? I, I, it's I, dude. It's the most Gen Z shit I've ever seen. I'm gonna whine and get my way. Like no, well stop. he didn't. He didn't. No, so. he didn't get his way that time. But he got his way in the AFC Championship game, which he, where he did the same exact fucking thing, where he flopped for a call and he got it. Parker, what do you think? Um, I I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. I think uh, once you dive, you it, it's fair game. And once you start run or once you start running, it's fair game. Um, I think the pitching, and it's not just from home; it's from every quarterback. Yeah, I do want to easy stuff. Yeah, I do want to make that clear. I'm not just talking the home. Sorry, sorry, Parker. Go ahead. No, no, I'm I'm just I agree and. Uh, it just needs to stop all in all aspects. All right. Well, I think this was an excellent segment. I think you feel should, better. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm ready to move on to talk about, because honestly, like the jets at the Eagles, that doesn't actually bother them that, that much for the same reason I said for the 49ers. So, um, or excuse me, Eagles at jets, but uh, jets beating the Eagles. First time ever. Um, because I think, you know, uh, yeah. First time ever. That's right. They're one in 12 now. Salah. Yeah. Salah walked away. Like, like, like we're not, or what is it? They're not undefeated anymore, or we're not 0-12 anymore. Something like that. So that was kind of funny. He had some but. interesting comments just in general. He said, uh, you hear what he said about quarterbacks? He's like... Uh, oh, we, we've run a gauntlet of yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah. We've, and we've embarrassed them all. I don't know if he quite said embarrassed, but that was what he Which was Which is kind of funny to. because... Like, like, he played Mac Jones. I, would, I was going to say, I wouldn't call Mac Jones part I mean, of the Tua, gauntlet. Tua. And, oh, no, the rest of it. Yeah, but... Yeah. but he also didn't really embarrass Dak. I mean, he got. He I got mean, a, Dak embarrasses himself every week. So yeah, but he didn't against the Jets. He was good against the Jets. Yeah, that's true. And that de- and see, that's the thing. That defense is special. Like, I mean, to so, but it also like so. What happened in the Eagles game? 
losing to the Jets, which they had no business losing to the Jets. And I kind of love it, though, because, again, it's a bad quarterback with a good defense <laughs> beating a, a, a superior team that was just poorly coached. I, like, I don't, I don't have any faith in Sirianni. I don't know. Uh, was it, is it, what's his name? John, Brian Johnson, the Brian, offensive yeah. coordinator for the Eagles. Guys, the Eagles handed the ball off. And so, like, so we're we're gonna go, we're gonna get into this because I'm noticing a trend that teams that are leaning on their running game a little bit more, and this could be skewed as well. But teams that are running, leaning on their running game a little bit more, are doing better. Teams that want to chuck it around are running into issues, whether they want or not. The Eagles completely forgot who they are. I mean, what's their identity? It's run the damn ball, right? And and I think that the Eagles, for some reason, and I wonder if it's, a, you know, we've seen A.J. Brown complaining about targets. There's been speculation that Dallas Goddard isn't happy with how he's been targeted or how he was targeted in the first few weeks. And they were winning. So, like, why do you care? And now Jalen Hurts dropped back 47 times against the Jets in a game that they were ahead the entire time until the very end. So Jalen Hurts drops back 47 times and they hand the ball off 12 times. Like that that's mind blowing to me. Yeah, it's not the you you just said it. It's not the Eagles identity. I think part of it is they're banged up heading into this game both on the, you know, defensively and offensively, but it's um it's not like you're playing the 49ers. It's not like you're playing the Dolphins. You're not playing an upper echelon team. That shouldn't force you to totally abandon your game plan right um you should yes the jets have a have a good defense but you should be able to hand off more than 12 times and and, and I, the, I don't know the splits but i saw Gainwell in there a lot um i know he's more of their receiving receiving back but deandre swift has been killing it all year uh i don't have the stats in front of me I'm pretty but, sure 10 carries okay so he got the bulk of the carries at least but yeah, I mean, but not enough. Swift Swift needs more than ten. Um, I, I don't know if it's it, the, their right guard. The Eagles' right guard was out before the game. Lane Johnson got hurt early in the game. Uh, I don't know if that plays a part in, in it at all. Or, no, it, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Like you, the the Jets are good. They're sound both ways, right? Right. But if Jalen Hurts is throwing, in you're the, talking defensively. They're sound both ways. Yeah, sorry. Yes, they're, they're yes, sound, yes. Yeah, sorry. Just to the, clarify. Yeah, that's fair. Um, no, but they're sound against the run and they're sound against the pass. And I'm sure part of the game plan was like, oh, no Sauce Gardner, no DJ Reed. Well, let's check it a little bit. Once it's not working, it's not working. And the, and why get away from it, especially when you're up in the game? It, like, I put this 100% on the coaching staff and, and, and on Hurts for not protecting the football, which has been... He threw six interceptions last year. He's thrown seven in six weeks. Not great. Um, I, um, so anyway, for that matter, I just, I just wanted to pick on the Jets too. I thought their play selection was terrible. Again, they were in the game. This wasn't this wasn't a blowout. This wasn't the Jets had to chuck it and get back in the game. And their their uh, distribution with with Zach Wilson at quarterback and a banged up offensive line of their own. Elijah Vera Tucker's out for the year, and you decide 38 dropbacks to 18 running back carries is a good distribution. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, you have you have Zach Wilson in a quarterback. Um, 
And I think that, again, has to do... I, I'm more confident in saying this one. I think that has to do more with the personnel that the Eagles had out there. Darius, Darius Slay, not, he was out for the game. They lose uh, Blankenship on that block, right? They also, they also lost, I think, their slot corner throughout the game as well. So I'm, so, uh, I'm okay with targeting, with, with going more pass-heavy in a normal situation in that, but not when you're the Jets and not when your offense is handing it off to Brees Hall. Like that, that is your offense right now. That's how you're, you're going to win games. I don't understand. Play. Okay. But I don't understand the argument for the Eagles. So you're saying because the Eagles didn't have Jalen Carter, didn't have slay. So let's, let's score fast and, and put our defense back out on the field. I don't understand the philosophy there. I would, I want to, I want to, I want to speed the game up because I'm banged up on defense. I want to shorten the game. But I, I think they have enough. No, I'm, I'm talking jets mentality. I think the oh, Eagles oh. think they have enough enough depth and I think they do defensively yeah they're missing Carter but they still have guys on the defensive line that can get to the quarterback uh, I think they're I, I don't know I think they would be a little nervous if you you tell them going into the game you're going to lose two DBs when Darius Slay is, is already out of the game I think that they would the Eagles probably wouldn't feel great about that but I think you know going in you're missing Jalen Carter I don't think that's like yes he's probably defensive rookie of the year right now but I don't think that is like Oh no! Like we're this is going to be a problem for us. Okay, I got you. But yeah, so for me, it's just like the Eagles completely went away from their identity. Like if you if you lose some players, but you still have Jason Kelsey, Jalen Hurts, you know Jordan Mailata at left tackle, then just run the fucking ball. Like it's that simple. I'm not I'm not saying abandon the passing game like anybody's ever going to do that. I'm just saying can you can you mix in some runs? That that distribution is 47 to 14. That's just, ridiculous. I, it just, this just gives me an excuse. I heard the, I think probably everyone on this podcast heard it uh, last week, but the Lane Johnson stat, I, I had no idea. He hadn't given up. He has still has not given up a sack since 2020. Yeah. So How uh, crazy is that? And, he missed a little bit of time in 21, I think. He but, did. Wait, I actually haven't heard that. Yeah, that's crazy. Since 2020. And so, like, and so that, again, that's more reason to just run the ball. Yeah. It's, it's, only, it's, it's more reason to run the ball. So, anyway, so... Hopefully it's a wake up call for the Eagles. You know, um, I don't think I certainly don't want to see them, you know, falter because of this or anything like that. It look, looks like Lane Johnson's not going to miss a ton of time. It might be one week. He's got like a lateral ankle sprain or something. Um, so he won't miss a ton of time. It doesn't look like. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, you know, it's hopefully just like with uh, the 49ers, hopefully it's the losing at the right time. Wake up call. And we'll see what happens. But uh, so we already talked about 49ers kind of got screwed. But that being said, they put themselves in a horrible position all day. And uh, somebody put themselves in a bad position with uh, with their, you know, with, with their, their finances, with their old lady or with their finances or whatever it is. Right. Well, probably not, because <laughs> this guy, this guy put one hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm assuming it's a guy. Oh, geez. That's not good to me. Um this this person oh, in intriguing yeah no this, i guess yeah. this person put $150,000 on 49ers money line against the browns i think it was 13 and a half 14 and a half point spread they were going to win $22,000 if it if it hit so uh i'm it obviously didn't the browns <laughs> won and um i am I'm, I'm a fan of the 49ers and what they're doing i think you are too is tory uh, i'm not sure about you parker but like i'm very happy uh that this that the Niners lost because of this alone. Like if you're putting $150,000 on a, on a dot, on a 
you know, surefire, surefire bet. Like that's such a dumb move to win twenty two thousand dollars in the NFL too. Like twenty two thousand. I, I sort of get it in college a little bit. You know what I mean? There but are, I'm I'm starting to get away from that too because yeah. of because oh, no. of the nature of, of college football. And, yeah, yeah, it's it's there there really aren't any any gimmies in but college how, either. I want to say how bad do you think this? No, person no, 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 there's definitely some gimmies. <laughs> I want to say how bad do you think this person felt about themselves, but you know they didn't feel bad if they're burning one hundred fifty thousand dollars on one bet. I, mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. No, he's probably got a sweet the Bellagio. Or he's probably or pretty good. Alternate universes is like his life savings, and he's like, this is no, the it, opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I, I'm just like, it, I, I really, you don't know. It really could be somebody that just like just lost it all on that game. Who knows? Which. You'll just invest in stuff. Which brings me point. to like, so he would not like Jake Moody very much, is what you're telling me. If he lost, he's he's it, well, yeah. He's, so, I sat on the street now because Jake Moody missed a field goal. Um, yeah. And, Thank God. And, <laughs> there, and the conspiracy theories were out there. This, and it, it's sort of like I, all I'm saying. I'm not saying I agree with them, but I sort of understand because Kyle Shanahan's strategy at the end of that game made no sense. Brock Purdy finally hits a rhythm. Ends up with like forty five of his one hundred and twenty two passing yards or something. Gets the gets the 49ers in in position to win the game. So Brock Purdy finally did what he had to do. I mean, the 49ers barely had the ball this game. Like it was yeah. it was ugly. Um, so yeah, Purdy does it without two of his best weapons because uh, both Debo and McCaffrey are out. Uh, Trent Williams didn't look like he was one hundred percent. Honestly, well, he went out for a couple plays and yeah. then he, he got a. I think it was a high ankle sprain is what uh, Pro Football Doc was telling telling people. Yeah. And, and he played through it. So, honestly, props to him. Yeah. And and don't get me wrong. I love me some Trent Williams, but I've kind of, like, thought he's lost a step a little bit anyway. He doesn't look quite as dominant as he always did. And that makes – I think he's, like, 34, so that kind of makes sense. Um, Mammoth of a man. Yeah. I mean, still, still it might be the best left tackle in football. I'm just saying, that, you know <laughs> – the 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 uh the gulf between him and the rest of the left tackles might not be as big as it used to be. That's all I'm saying. Um. So anyway, but yeah, so Kyle Shanahan, man, I, like I don't trust this 49ers team in a one possession game at the end of the game anymore. If if the 49ers have the ball, I trust their defense. I don't trust Kyle Shanahan to do the right thing anymore because, or I or I never did, I guess, because he's just he's a choker. He's a choker as a coach. Like there, like there are coaches like that that just. I mean, like Marty Schottenheimer. Like they, you know, th- there are guys in history, and Kyle Shanahan's the next one. He's a choker. What are you doing? You have. You the mean ball. the guy that gave up the twenty to three lead? That guy? He's a choker. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> fucking funny amazing. how these things work. That's weird, right? Yeah. So, but it, but he has proven. It. I mean, the the NFC Championship game, two years. Yeah, the Rams. The, losing to the Rams, same thing. I mean, just just gave that game away, and then you know now here we are with this one. I like you guys tell me if I'm crazy, but with 45 seconds left, it's first down. I would have understood this strategy if it had been third down, right? It's first down, run the ball. Okay, I get that. Now you're coming out of a time, especially know, given what Purdy looked like on it, Sunday um, to run. Oh sure, sure. But that being said, Purdy had kind of hit a rhythm. Yeah. Right. And so what? What I don't understand is then run the ball, and then we're gonna run the ball. We're gonna run it from forty-five seconds with a timeout to burn still, and we're not gonna do anything to get it closer. A forty-one-yard field goal, and I believe there was some weather going on. I think it was drizzling at least. So a forty-one-yard field goal, you're comfortable with that? 
Why would you not? And literally five, six yards would have made the difference. You're, you draft, you drafted a kicker, so you should be comfortable in with that. In the third round. Yeah, I mean, so, okay. But that's yeah. that's playing devil's advocate. I, I 100% agree. You should run another play. You have a timeout in your back pocket. Why are you not running a play? Um, I guess there's a risk of a fumble, but there's a risk of a fumble on every play. Um, I mean, you have your back, you know, you're down McCaffrey. Obviously, Debo went out. Um, still one of the most talented, even without those two, it's still one of the most talented. I just don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, maybe we can talk it into existence because we talked uh, Arthur Smith into, well, he kind of went wild this week, <laughs> but um, we talked him into <laughs> Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London and actually being, you know, viable options for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Ayuk? You wanna, no, you wanna, no. Oh. Ayuk, Ayuk was targeted. Hello, uh, yeah, Mr. George Kittle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you are on the team. Uh, can can we scheme something up for you when when Debo's down? And because they were getting the ball to Ayuk, they were. Um, George Kittle had one catch for one yard. I hate to say it. I want to go. I because of the way Kittle plays, and plus he's had a lot of injuries. I hate to say it because I love him. I really do. I would take him over Kelsey. I would, or at least you know, I, I would. Taylor Swift wouldn't. I need to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I need to I need to see the film on Kittle though to see if he if he looks the same though honestly because yeah like it has I mean yeah I know three touchdowns literally a week ago but um I don't know I have a take on Kittle well let's please let's let's do this um I think when he's on he's easily top two tight ends in the league I think Travis Kelsey is way more consistent. As a receiver, um, Kittle 100%. finds a way. Well, well, yeah. I mean, like if we're talking like football player, just like you Kittle know, blocks way better. You know me. I want the guy that's going to kick someone's ass too. That's all. So no, no, no. Like I, hey, I, I, I do appreciate that. Um, I think when it comes to the receiving game, though, Kittle finds a way to have like two or three really, really big games a year. The rest of the year, he's kind of just like meh at times. So I uh, he finds a, he finds a way to disappear in the passing game a lot, whether that's scheme or he's just not open. Do you, I don't I don't I don't really watch enough 49ers to know, but um it does seem at times he just disappears from that offense. Do you think that's when it a, comes to receiving? Do you think that's a product of his environment at all? But I mean. I asked that question. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mouths to feed. In that I, I asked that question, but he went one one catch for one yard. McCaffrey was out With, pretty early, and and Debo was out before the halftime. So I guess maybe it's not. Maybe maybe you're right, Parker. Maybe you're onto something. But it's also Purdy just wasn't good in this game. Yeah, which is crazy. Like a week after, we're like, you know what? Yeah, he's you in, had him at two. He's in that second tier. Yeah, and like what the fuck, man? Literally, like we I just, had him in second tier too. So I'm not going to say it was yeah, just you, but yeah, but but uh. You know, we give him the endorsement. We say, you know, like I give the apology. Like, yeah, he's more than a game manager. He must have not gotten, you know, enough sleep. You know, he's living with that roommate. You know, he doesn't have enough money because he was Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> True. Maybe his roommates. Wait, the game was in Cleveland, though, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was at the mistake at the lake. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. but So, yeah, the Kittle conversation is interesting. We're good. So, we're about to talk about the Chiefs anyway. So, and... The reason that I disagree with you, Parker, at least in previous years, like I'd have to go and look at the film on Kittle this year. But again, three touchdowns a week ago. So I don't know. 
But only three catches, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm not arguing. Oh, I know, that I, I, know I know, I know, I know. He's spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Let me. So the thing is, is if you put Kelsey on another team, I, I think that Mahomes' connection with Kelsey is what makes him so valuable. And don't get me wrong, great athlete. He still might be the best tight end and receiving tight end in football, anyway. But the way that they improvise together and just yeah, go, the off script stuff is just—it's crazy. Insane. I mean, I think that that's what I was saying when he was hurt earlier in the year. Yeah, or um, week one, you did you did say that, and and you know, to Kelsey's credit, again, like as valuable as he is to that team, and I and I still think Jones is Chris Jones is just as valuable, but you know, and also to Kelsey's credit, again, did we say it was fourteen million he's making? Yeah, like, he's really underpaid. He's underpaid, and, and I haven't heard any bitching about it. So what? let's give him some credit there. Um, you well, know. you know. I mean, he does have endorsement deals up the wazoo you now. Yeah, but again, yeah. Yeah, but, Fi- Mr. Okay, Pfizer. Okay, yeah, but the play, the Players Association is going to accept that as an answer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they want everyone to get as much money as they possibly get. Well, guess what, Players Association? Not everyone can date Taylor Swift, okay? <laughs> he's got a sugar mama, too. It's true. Yeah, like, he's, not even the, he's not even the breadwinner of the... Hey, neither was Tom Brady. Neither was Tom Brady, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's... I was about to say, is he the next Tom Brady? <laughs> oh, well, let's hope, let's hope not for their relationship. Because as, <laughs> as, as annoyed as I am with the Taylor Swift situation, I'm not rooting for them to break up. So, like, and I, again, another disclaimer. I don't hate Taylor Swift, okay? I don't hate her, all right? I just don't want her on my TV during a football game. That's it. Slow clap for uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Uh, usually, like, hate that. Thursday night games are on Amazon Prime, but you only cut to Taylor like two or three times. It was the right amount. I mean, so. was it? Yeah, yeah. Slow clap, slow clap. Good job. Sell out, sell out. Sports salute. Right? Yeah, there we yeah. go. All right. Okay, but yeah. So let's go to that Chiefs game, though. Um, so it, it feels like forever ago now, but the Thursday night game. Russell Wilson sucks. Oh my God, he's so bad, guys. This will be a this will be a weekly take, guys. Thirteen to twenty-two, ninety-five yards, two picks. Had the late touchdown um, when he finally kind of looked And it like wasn't – that wasn't him. That was all Cortland Sutton. True, no, true, true. All Cortland Sutton. Guys he, had, guys, he had four completions over 10 yards in the game. One was a dump off at the end of the half when the Chiefs were playing prevent. One was the completion right before his second interception to Jerry Judy out of the backfield, and then two on that last drive um, or on the touchdown drive. He was so bad. He should have thrown another interception. Chris Jones almost had himself a pick. Mm. You know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, I think yeah. it was second quarter, and Karloftis got his hand on it. But, but if he didn't get his hand on it, it's, going, it's either going to Chris Jones or the corner that was on that side. Either one of them, like, they probably would have run into each other and not gotten it. But, but Wilson doesn't see anything on the field. And actually, we're going to get to Caleb Williams later. This might be an indictment on Caleb Williams a little bit too, like on drafting Caleb Williams. We'll talk about that later. But Wilson was so bad. And if people are worried about the Chiefs, don't because it was just one of those weird games. Like they're like even that game, they were better than eleven points, better than the Broncos. It's just like the fake field goal should have taken just take the points there. Um the 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 touch push field goal. That was that was pretty funny. That was um innovative. Um by the way, yeah, you know what? I should have gotten that in my rant against the officials and rant against the NFL rules, too. It's like, if you don't like the tush push, shut the fuck up because you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know. You, you clearly don't know anything about Yeah, football. we just saw it on Monday Night Football, and it didn't work. The, ca- the, the Cowboys, Cowboys, the Cowboys couldn't it. get it. Dak, Dak went way too high. Yeah, the, exactly. It, 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 like, 
you, if you don't think it takes skill, Kirk Cousins did it successfully. I, I think yesterday on Sunday. Yeah, I think the Vikings have like a stud center though, so it probably makes sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I heard the uh, announcer, the broadcaster, be like, "I don't know how much Kirk Cousin squats, but apparently it's enough." And I yeah. was like, "I like that." Or, or eh, I think the Bears do actually have a good D tackle, but whatever. Like, but the, again, it, it, it's obviously a Bears skill don't have good anything. <laughs> Coming from a Bears fan, what don't they have a good quarterback? I thought. Yeah, he has a fractured thumb. Is that what it is? To be determined. <laughs> okay. Fair no, enough. he dislo- he dislocated his. his- um, all right, and then popped it right back into place. Hmm. All right. We, you know what, guys, we don't have time to talk about Vikings and Bears. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no, so, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you know what? No, no, I started it. I went off on the tush push rant. But point being, the Chiefs aren't that bad. Um, I thought Mahomes actually played poorly for Mahomes standards. Thirty of forty for over three hundred yards is poor. But you know, they did seventy five percent completion. Per- completion percentage yeah what a piece of shit (laughs) scoff Um, at it no so like the uh but throwing a pick in the red zone with somebody hanging around your foot bad decision Mm -hmm. um the fake field goal that basically they gave they kept breathing life into the broncos and the broncos couldn't take it's like one of those games where they try to get a little too cute for their own good right yep and oh yeah to my point so the running game was working oh i didn't do the i didn't do the splits on this one um but they only got 49 plays. The the the, the Broncos had 24-11 time of possession. Like like um and yeah, and the running game was working. You know, between Williams and the younger kid um, Pacheco. No, or, no. Oh, 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 you're talking. Yeah, yeah, you're talking Broncos. But they mind. were getting Yeah, the rookie. They yeah, were yeah. getting 4 yards a pop and then every time they let Wilson drop back, like the drive derailed. Is it, it was like just keep running the ball. Just keep running it. Sean Payton just hates Russell Wilson. I'm just going to keep on that narrative. I, well, yeah. And it, it, like, and it just keeps getting better. It's like, oh, God, like, this is going to be so good by the end of the year. Like, like at this point, why even, why even play him? Find, think, out, find out what you have. At, at, I think Sean Payton's get a nice little slice of humble pie at the same time, though. True, which I enjoy, too, because like, he, he acted like a real dickhead in the offseason. So, um, Nathaniel Hackett has to be the biggest winner of the of the season so far. He's like, I'm away from that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and 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 he's and he's you know taking you know chicken shit and making chicken salad with Zach Wilson. Yeah, they're staying right? afloat. So, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, he's making it work. So anyway, um, just just a, a a random take. It's it's funny to me. I like I'm only half joking when I say I think Andy Reid like figured it out like a cheat code with Patrick Mahomes where you have shitty tackles and great interior line play. So they can't get a push up the middle of the field because they, they have studs at, at both guards and center. Right. Mm. And then their tackles are dog shit. Like so it's Donovan Smith. And <laughs> I, I think it's a weekly thing. Juwan Taylor's a lazy piece of shit. I'm going to dude. I'm going to make a whole compilation of plays of just Juwan Taylor walking after the play. It's like, like, dude, if, if I saw a high school kid do that, I'd be like, dude, you're going to run until you die on Monday. Like, you're just going to run until you die because he is so fucking lazy. Like, what if there's a fumble? What if, what if, the, what if the running back, you know, su- surprisingly cuts back? It's like, get involved in the play, you fat piece of shit. Fuck you. Like, again, I should be in the NFL, not him, because I'm a better lineman just in a shittier body. Oh, uh, uh, Parker, have you heard this take? I think you have. Parker, I think. Yeah, how, uh, 
I could be a backup guard. I could have been a backup. If you put four inches on me, you could. I could have been a backup guard in the NFL. That's all I'm saying. Parker, what could you have been if uh, if you had the athletic ability? No, shut up. No, no. <laughs> I had the athletic ability. I have the feet. Oh, if I had, I had the, the athletic ability, I'm, I'm I could saying, have been. No, I'm saying. <laughs> see, you guys say that. Like, well, if I ran a four four three, I didn't say any of that. I was fast enough. I had good enough feet. I had good enough technique. All I'm saying is if I had longer arms and longer legs and, yeah, and could pack 40 more pounds on, I could have been a backup guard in the NFL. Very least. I did see the huddle highlights. The next Justin Pugh. No, no, no. See, like, okay, so that's the other, like, I wasn't good in high school. Like, I didn't understand the game yet. It's like, you know what? This is an old man lament. It's like youth is wasted on the young, right? Like, the way I understand the game now, it's just like, like God damn it! I wish I had started playing football when I was younger. You know what I mean? I can I can respect that. Yeah, no, I, didn't, I, I, respect didn't, I didn't I didn't start playing till sophomore year. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hear you. But you know what? But you know what? The flip side to that is, as a coach, I see kids burn out all the time. I probably wouldn't love football. We probably wouldn't be here right now if I had moved to Vermont like three years earlier and I was just sick of football. That's true. You know what I'm saying? I so. think I think the next person that's mean hashtag mean to us on social media. Uh, you just need to tell them that you could have been a backup guard in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely shit on me for this take. Like, <laughs> like I, I definitely deserve it. Um, and I also just don't care. You, know, you can't hurt my feelings. I don't give a fuck. Um, all right. So I think that's enough on the Chiefs. But I, uh, I think to wrap up the Chiefs, I think it ties in with, with the Niners and the Eagles loss. I think it's just an off week for all three. Uh, more so with the, the Niners and Eagles. I well, throw the Bills in there too, then, right? Like, yeah, you know. I mean, they they get the win, obviously, but um, <clears throat> Dol- Dolphins, um, Dolphins. I don't know if we can throw started. the Bills in there. Why? Uh, can you can you expound uh, upon that? I'm starting to think it might be fraudulent. They might be what? Frauds. Frauds? Oh, fraudulent. Okay, gotcha. I, All right. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not. I, I like Josh Allen. I like all the pieces around him. I like the defense, not, although now that it's in here. But um, I'm starting to think they might be fraudulent. They should blow out the Giants at home. With no Daniel Jones. Well, yeah, of course. But the Eagles should beat the Jets and the 49ers should beat the Browns. I mean, it's like I, I guess it's any I, given Sunday. I, I mean, guess the Bills have just shown it a couple times already this year. So it's versus the Niners doing it once and the and the Eagles doing it once. The Giants yeah. are desperate. Yeah, in the in the 49ers and um, Eagles defense, uh, both those defenses they played are really, really good. The Giants, not so much. Yeah, and both the quarterbacks they played probably aren't top forty. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I, I I can almost guarantee PJ Walker is PJ not Walker top is not. He was so bad in that game, especially at the end. He I mean he almost Yo, threw he, the game away. Um, hey, I'm pretty sure that's XFL MVP PJ Walker you're talking about. That's true. Yeah, put some put some respect on his name. Yeah, um, absolutely. I was kind of surprised they didn't go with. Uh, uh, DT DTR. Is that like yeah, that? he did. Re- he did bad last week, but it was like a short notice that I he mean, was starting, and it's just like you're gonna, you're not gonna get give him another week out there. I don't know. It, it's that. It's that conversation that we've had before. It's like when you get number one reps for the week, like it, it, it things change. Yeah, but it's like, are we throwing him out there too soon? Are we gonna wreck his confidence? Is this something like? Is he? Does he have the fortitude to 
get beat and get beat up and look bad and bounce back? Or does is he a guy that's going to, this is going to set him back because he has a bad performance and then it's his confidence? Is he a Zach Wilson? I, yeah, but see, I, I think either way, the cream always rises to the top. I get you. Know you. I, mean? I get you. You don't, you don't want a guy in your locker room that if he has one bad week, he's going to check out. Yeah. Obviously not. I mean, like, I think the only guy. And I'm not saying that's DTR, but like, is that what they're thinking? Yeah, and I just don't agree with that school of thought. Me either. Like, like if you, if you should, you should be able to survive bad games, bad years. And yeah. just, I mean, I think Justin Fields kind of has shown that he might have some mental fortitude. You know what I mean? So, not, we're not going to do this whole like, like, don't wreck his confidence thing. Like, like, dude, like, work that shit out. You're a professional athlete. Go to a fucking therapist. I don't know. Like, like, I'm not. They I'm, have, yeah, I think like a lot of people talk to like performance therapists now. Like should. a lot of. A lot by the of way, professional I'm a hundred percent an advocate of therapy in general. I should probably go. Like, big just into to, like visualization before games and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Well, what am I going to visualize? But I just mean because. Yeah, I, I mean, dude, what are you talking about? Before we press record, you were you were like meditating for like five minutes, and you were saying some kind of <laughs> weird things. But I was just letting you. You're in your bag, man. I was letting it go. And, and then you totally ruined my chi because you were like, all right, you ready to go? And then we didn't have the fucking uh, memory card in there. Like, oh, it was a disaster. It was, it was bad. Good thing we didn't actually start the show. Like, you know, like, anyway. <laughs> um, okay, so we were saying, all right, Parker thinks the Bills are fraudulent. I say it's one bad week. I say the Giants are desperate. Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than a lot of people thought. He played all right despite, you know, the horrible uh, goal line situation there, but he played fine. He put, you know, 66% completion percentage, um, you know, some mobility with that behind that bad line, you know, like, like that. You know, Saquon, Saquon just opens up so much for them. Even he had a terrible game. Like he rushed for, I think it was right around one yard per carry, but even just the presence of Saquon opens up things for that offense that even if he's being inefficient, it's going to open up a receiver on the outside because there's more attention in the box. He's an example of a valuable running back. Like yeah, no. He, you know, when we do our running back power rankings, it's, you know, it's it's McCaffrey, Saquon, you know, like... Nick Chubb if he wasn't hurt. Nick Chubb if he wasn't hurt. Maybe still Derrick Henry, but unfortunately, I hate it, but it seems like he's slowing down. And Alvin Kamara is probably on that list. I don't know. He's not really. It doesn't seem like he's impacting games that much. It like Eckler, I w- I'd probably throw Eckler there. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll get to that one someday. Um, but you, you, to your point, you were saying like it was it just it was a weird off week though. And if we throw the Bills in there, a lot of people still have the Bills in their top five of the power rankings, right? The Dolphins started out down fourteen nothing too, so it was just a weird week, right? Um, so yeah, to the the Panthers, to the Panthers, um, and then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we got to get takes on it. I think everyone agrees here that it's ridiculous that taking a cell phone and doing a backflip is a penalty. Yeah, that's we, so cool. Like, that's like, and the, the coolest part about that, it wasn't scripted. I don't know if you saw this. Like, I, I, he no, just, it, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it's an actual NFL uh, employee's phone. And he was just happening to film the play on the sidelines or in the back of the end zone. Tyreek just saw him and, and grabbed his phone. I think in the in the post game presser, I was like, I don't think the guy was very happy with me grabbing his phone. He's like, I hope I didn't lock it, and he obviously did lock it. If you haven't seen the uh, video, it's on our it's on our Facebook reel and I believe Instagram as well. It's just an all time video, just Tyreek burning the defender, catching a forty one yard touchdown, grabbing this guy's phone and doing a backflip. And it it took some digging. It took some uh, it took some journalism 
Thank you, uh, JPA Football. He reposted it. I don't, I don't know who it is. It, it can't be just a he. It's got to be a, a yeah. Team. That's a crew. Yeah, that's a crew. But uh, but I but I you know I gave them a thank you. So we reposted it because fuck you NFL for taking it down. You're gross. And like, uh, he was asked about. I do know this. He was asked about it after after the game, and he's been uh, he's been fined quite a bit for not wearing socks. You know that kind of stupid stupid shit. Dude, I hate Chad Tiger- Ocho. Chad Ochocinco has said this a lot. Um, I think he said it on on Club Shay Shay. Um, those kind of guys, I, I believe Tyreek's from from Miami area, Dade Dade County as well. They they say like we don't care about that. Like the way we grow up, we like we wear certain stuff, we celebrate. Like football is fun to us. And obviously Tyreek has made enough money where he doesn't care about the fines. Obviously he wasn't necessarily doing this as much before. But yeah, he's like. Dude, if I don't want to wear socks, I'm not going to wear socks. I can eat the fine. If I want to do a backflip after I score a touchdown, he's like, I've got the God-given ability. Like, I'm going to continue to get paid if I keep producing. I, and I, I respect this. the hell out of that. Dude, I, I hate Tyreek Hill. He is a scumbag. He's not a good person. But I, I respect the hell out of this move yeah. particularly. Um, and, just to, and just to, yeah, just keep telling the NFL to eat shit. Love it, obviously. I mean, that's pretty on brand for me. Eat shit, NFL. So I'm, I'm with you. Um, just want to apologize to all the eight-year-olds listening. I've cursed a lot. Or all the parents of eight-year-olds, you know, like. Reminds me of the McAfee clip. I'm very sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I hope some eight-year-olds call in. Yeah, Jesus. Um, Fuck you, Boston Connor, you piece of shit. (laughs) Uh, If you don't know. Oh, my God. That might have been the funniest thing I've ever, like, seen. I I, I just saw it. I can't believe you just just discovered that. Um, Parker. (laughs) Parker, you you have uh, any sort of take on the Tyreek Hill thing, or, or are you just in agreement? Uh, not well. I have two things. One, I'm shocked you actually enjoy enjoy that. I thought you would have been all against it. What no wide thanks. receiver wide receiver diva take? Is that what you were anticipating? Oh, okay, I mean, that, yeah, that's I was, that's I was fair, but maybe like something along those lines. Dude, I I don't care, man. Like you just scored a touchdown. It, like it is entertainment. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I no, respect I the entertainment aspect of it. Like, like, you know, ten years ago, Parker, you would have been right. Like, I've, I've, I've changed in this way. Like, it, like, whatever, just have fun. Okay, like, so you weren't a fan of like, uh, T.O. Like, exactly. I didn't like. You T.O. didn't like the gold jacket. What about what about Ocho Cinco? Oh no! no I, think it was, I think it was Ocho Cinco gold think, jacket. Yeah. Who was it? No, I think was, o- I yeah. think Ocho Cinco is hilarious. Now that I re- I've read some of the stuff that he said. Did you ever have you ever seen the NFL films video of him legitimately giving a ref a dollar, trying to bribe him with a one dollar bill? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know, you know what actually you know what what changed it for me with Ocho Cinco was there's that NFL films clip of uh, he he goes to block Ray Lewis. And he gets fucking yeah. annihilated. And, <laughs> and then, then he goes he, back on the sideline. Yeah, he comes off the field and, and he's like, I thought I had him. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, no. I was like, I, um, I Chad, Chad Ochocinco might be like one of the funniest NFL players He's ever. so funny. He talks all the time about um, how he would tell DBs his route. And I 100% believe him. He would go up to the line and be like, this is what I'm running. Try and stop me. And he's begged NFL films to release the footage. He's like, I'm the only guy that's ever done that. And I believe that he would do that. <laughs> no, guys. So, so Parker, fair take. I hated Dion when I was younger. To be fair, I was an Eagles fan. So, of course, I did when he was on the Cowboys. But I hated Dion. I hated Ocho Cinco. I hated Owens at the time. Randy Moss. 
you know, all those guys, right? Um, <laughs> Straight cash, homie. Who is it? Joe Buck. The, the, I, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. disgusted. Oh, yeah, Joe Buck was appalled. <laughs> oh, appalled, that's or, what he was. Oh, I that is disgusting. He said disgusting yeah. behavior. Is, yeah. that, is that what he said? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was yeah, that was a good one, too. Um, uh, like, dude, whatever. Like, everybody just needs to grow up. Like, me with my swearing, like, like grow up. Like, you think your kids don't swear at school? Like, I was a teacher. Shut up. <laughs> like, like, like and, and like they didn't learn it from you. Like, fuck off. Whatever. I mean, like, I get it. Don't make every other word, you know. An explicit. Yeah. yeah expletive. You know? yeah. I, I think I've proven I'm smart enough to, you know, use my vocabulary as well. But, um, Parker, you had another take on that because you, you, you were surprised, but you had another. There was another chapter to it. Yeah, I mean, like, this goes into the no fun league. I mean, the NFL just needs to, like, understand that they are an entertainment business as well. And I think, like, having, like, excitement around the game, for whatever reason, like, they, like, to nip it in the butt. But, like, I love football, and I think, like, bringing it to the masses in a form of entertainment is something that they probably should stop trying to hinder yeah and just allow allow good clean fun i mean as long as it's not putting anyone in danger um as long as it's like not egregious like that's, allow that, it yeah that's kind of my thing is like like who did this hurt what are we yeah. what are we doing legitimately here? who like the, like like and, it, it, is the guy upset about his cell phone? Like uh, Tyreek, I'm sure he'll give him a new cell phone if he wants. You right? Know? Yeah, he, like, it's fine. It, like, it, like good clean fun is exactly what it is, Parker. You're totally right. And like, and for me, I, I don't want to like recap every social media post, but this is my take. Right? Is you lean into the Taylor Swift thing because you're like, oh, she's got 72 million followers, and the NFL only has three million followers, or whatever it is. Right? Like, the, you know, or no, sorry, it's like Tom Brady has three million followers. So. Taylor Swift's bigger than any NFL player, right? So the NFL leans into it, and but we're not gonna. So yeah, it's, it seems really counterintuitive because you're the the whole uh, narrative around the Taylor Swift thing is oh we want to reach a different demographic and and doing TikTok dances and and doing backflips in the end zone that'll that'll reach the younger audience, you know? Ex- exactly. So I, I'm I'm all for reaching the younger audience in those ways. And, and you know what it is, Parker, to, to go back to like, you thought this would be an anti-Tory thing is that's why Taylor Swift annoys me because if it distracts from the game, it pisses me off. The game comes first. And that's why like, the, you know what the best week in the NFL is championship week because the Super Bowl is a fucking circus. Yeah, like, two weeks long. Yeah, well, two weeks long and the game itself takes way too long well, like, the the actual media day is an actual circus too. Yeah, sure. you know what I mean. So like, <laughs> there's there's so many distractions on on the Super Bowl. It, it, like, and there's so many people that know nothing about football at this fucking party. And like, and the you yeah, know, you got the, the you got the Jimmy Fallon's like uh, sidekick there. Yeah, Guillermo asking like, oh no, that's uh, no, or, no, no, don't, that's Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, that's Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. 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 Yeah. Don't disrespect Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Kimmel's a piece of shit. I do like but, Jimmy Fallon, but Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. bad. I, I get them confused. Um, but yeah, like, like, and you got all these people at at the party with their stupid takes, and you just, and you just like, I just want to, I just want to watch the Super Bowl alone one year, honestly. Like, actually, I don't because it's like because it's just too long again. But I don't know. Um, so yeah, just like don't distract from the game. But like a touchdown celebration is part of the game, and and there's already a stoppage in play, so I don't give a shit. And and yeah, a backflip is impressive. Do it. I'm all for it. Um, all right, let's move. Yeah, on. I mean, he's a freak of nature. He is. He is a freak of nature. Hundred percent true. All right. So, 
uh, we got to follow that with Bengals. Like, I'm, I don't think they're out of the woods yet, Mike, or, or guys. Are like, we out I, of the woods? I see what you did there. Taylor Swift song. I, nope. <laughs> nope. Over my head. I, just, I wish I could have just leaned into it, but nope. I didn't even know. Jesus, what isn't a Taylor Swift song? All right. So the Bengals, though, defense bailed them out in this game. Seahawks are a solid team. And um, just the I, I talk about a coach I don't have faith in, Zach Taylor, man. Like, you you got a hurting a quarterback who obviously isn't right. Like, Not like, 100%. No way. Burrow isn't right. The offense isn't right. The play calling isn't right. Because why are you doing this to him? Guys, they ran. They were in the lead the entire second half. Guess, guess how many times they handed the ball off? Eight. Lower. Parker, you go. Less. Than uh, I'm gonna go four here. What? Okay, five. So, uh, yeah, Parker wins because yeah, it's price. Is price right. is right. Yeah, and he would have won anyway. But. Yeah. Um, the price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> Man, rest in peace, Bob Barker. Um, so guys, yeah, so the Bengals defense was on the field for 34 minutes, only allowed 13 points against what's a solid Seahawks, uh, Seahawks offense. And, you know, they come up with a huge interception at the three yard line. They, the, the final play, um, you know, uh, so I think from like the eight yard line, uh, first of all, I kind of wonder if. It pains me to say this because I like I love DK Metcalf for that chase down play a couple of years ago. It's one of my favorite plays in NFL history when he ran down Buddha yeah. um, or Bubba Baker. I keep calling him Buddha, but Bubba Baker. No, it um, is. It is Buddha Baker. No, it's no, it's wait. Yeah, no, no, it's it's Buddha Baker. Yeah. Okay, Buddha Baker. Be more confident with yourself, Tori. It's okay. Maybe I just kept calling him Safe Bubba space. before. Yes. Okay, Buddha Baker. So. Guys, he, he ran down one of the f- fastest safeties in the league running running the hypotenuse of the triangle. I mean, that shit was insane. So it's like one of my favorite plays ever. It's just great. I mean, I mean, you talk you talk about coaching porn, like the thing that you want to show the kids, the high school I probably shouldn't say porn and what you want to show the kids in the same sentence, but yeah. you know what? Fuck it. Whatever. It's, no. um, it's coaching porn. So no, it's it's literally as a coach, that is what you want to show the kids. It's a, like you don't fucking give up on a play. And that was beautiful. But I'm not sure that DK Metcalf knows how to run a route <laughs> because guys, like the last play of the game, again, you know, wide receiver man over here, you know more, but it didn't make sense, like wh- why he didn't cross the linebacker's face. And I- I'm gonna post a reel of this to show what I'm talking about. But looked like the ball was probably going to him, and instead he runs behind the linebacker, and the pressure's already in Gino's face, and it's and you know yeah, I, when the pressure's in your face, it, it's going to limit you no matter what you're doing. I don't think he set Gino up for success. Um, I I do kind of understand why he went behind the linebacker instead of going in front of his face. I think the goal there is DK is whatever he is, six four, you know, freak athlete. I think the goal there is to is to kind of get to the back line of the end zone and throw a jump ball and just kind of be like, okay, DK, go get it type of thing. We, um, we do know, I don't know. I mean, this was, was this kind of the book on, on yeah, DK I mean, coming out? Though? Yeah, that's kind of why you fell a little bit. It's just like, okay, he's a freak athlete, but can he run a route besides a fate? And, yeah. You know, can he, his ability to stop on a dime was uh, like one of the worst percentiles. Uh, yeah, he, he actually had the worst shuttle 
Yeah, the shuttle. Um, that's yeah. in his draft class. Yeah, exactly. Like his speed is great, but his ability to slow down isn't. Um, and just stuff about like body positioning, just the small nuances of of being a receiver, especially in the NFL, um, when you are playing against the best. It's just like those small little things that create an edge uh, weren't there at the beginning. Um, it's it's weird though because he was projected to be this kind of just deep play, like he'll he'll get you chunk yards every once in a while, and I, that's why I wasn't high on him when he came out because that's what everyone was saying. And then he got to the league and he started running slants, he started running shorter routes, and he was doing them efficiently. So I don't know if Pete Carroll is just a genius, or or what the case is, or DK is regressing back to his means of of being a like what he was in college, but. Well, I mean, so so much of it also just has to be respect for his deep, you know, for, for the deep ball, that that gives him a little more room on a but, slam. But, right? you, no, 100%. But, like, draft experts were, like, legitimately, like, I don't think this man is going to be able to catch a slant in the NFL. Like, they were very concerned about his ability to stop and change direction and and run efficient routes. Um, so, yeah, he, like... He's a weird case where he he beat projections like by a lot. And then the narrative kind of went away. But then you bring something like that up, it's like, okay, does it show itself in certain in certain areas? This is a uh this is this is a tough one and and we don't know exactly what he saw because we don't this right. is another reason we need the all twenty two. I know, because you can't see like I think there's a safety on the other on the other side of like I think he split. To, I think he split linebacker safety, but I'm not 100% sure because yeah. I don't have the angle. So there. he made it look like a drag and then took it, maybe took I it. I think he was going the, right to the pylon. I think that's what he was doing. So, all right. I mean, it's hard to say uh, without the all 22, but um, I don't know a lot of, you know, I mean, I just, I like him that he's physical. I like that, you know, after the catch and everything like that. So I hope, you know, I, I guess I hope I'm wrong, but that play looked bad. Um, but I do want to get to the Bengals on that. The, it just again, this is kind of a theme, but the 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 play calling, the distribution. So Burrow again, a Burrow that we know isn't right, you know, not a hundred percent, and they have him drop back thirty eight times and thirteen carries throughout the whole game. When you have Joe Mixon, and again five carries with the lead the entire second half, five carries, not great. They, they go, they the only points they got. In the, so yeah, sorry, what was it? I have it here. 62 total yards on 26 plays, 10 of those yards for uh, on a penalty. So really 26 plays, 52 yards. In the second half. In the second half. with And then the only points they got was, I think it was Daxton Hill took an interception back to the Seattle 34. And so then what happens? Burrow goes 0 for 3 and they kick a field goal. That's the only way. That's the only reason it was, that's the only reason they win right there is because that interception. Like, I don't know if I'm giving too many excuses this week, but it just seems like one of those weird weeks. I like, I, to be fair, we talked about this going into the week. Uh, we would kind of learn if, if the Bengals were back or not. Um, you know, Cincinnati going into a bye next week, which I think will help them. Uh, Seattle coming off of a bye heading into this week. Uh, I, I know we said Pete Carroll wasn't great, four and six or whatever it was against the spread coming off buys as That's an NFL head spread, coach. Yeah. So, you know, not doing as good as he projected his team should do. 
because Vegas is, let's face it, Vegas is pretty good at what they do, right? That's that's why there are casinos in the desert. Um, but there's a reason they can keep the lights on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Very, very true, Parker. No, I have a system. <laughs> you you want to share it? Like, no. <laughs> is it profitable? <laughs> yeah, I don't bet ever. <laughs> Please share. So oh, I don't. I don't like that system. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you know. I'm not. I'm not worried about the Bengals quite yet. I think it's uh, it's a good to just put this one in the rear view. It's a win. That's all it's going to count at the end of the day. It's a win. You're going into your bye. I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be 100% healthy once he comes off the bye. That uh, pro football doc who I keep on mentioning, um, former former doctor for the Chargers, now he's just on Twitter. Um, he says November is when Joe Burrow is going to actually get healthy. I think early November. So If he, he hasn't been aggregating it the entire time. Right. So no, w- with the notion that he, he keeps playing. Um, so, you know... He, you're going to have another couple of weeks where you're going to have to, it seems like grit and grind for victories and, and Joe Burrow is not going to be a hundred percent. That, that being said, Bengals, it's uh that was championship defense. Uh, what I, you know, what I worry about with the Bengals is, and that the, the Seahawks didn't take advantage of was that their run defense isn't very good. And, and I put some of that on the Bengals were down big in a couple of games when teams are obvi- or should be thinking, just run the ball. We don't even know for sure if that's how it, you know, panned out. Um, but yeah, Bengals are second to last in the NFL coming into that game in, in rush defense. And then like Kenneth Walker's first touchdown run. I mean, they just manhandled them. And I don't, yep. and I don't think, you know, anyone thinks the Seahawks offensive line is one of the premier lines in the league or anything. Um, and then they went away from it again. This is a game that was close all the way. And here we go. Like, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here. Guys, bear with me. Okay. Seahawks in this game. 45 dropbacks. Again, I'm not counting. I'm not when I look at the box score, I'm not accounting for the quarterback carries because I, you know, on a cursory search, I don't know if it was a scramble or a, or a designed run. Okay, but taking those away, Seahawks 45 dropbacks, 21 running back handoffs. When you have Kenneth Walker in a close game, I don't get it. Doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, go so going. Uh, I think basically I went from late games to early games. Bills. 27 carries to 30 dropbacks when Josh Allen was out, obviously wasn't in his be- best most of the night, right? And 27 carries for 127, by the way. A lot of Latavius Murray. Yeah, Latavius Murray, and, and, it, and it was effective. And guys, like, people people don't like four-yard carries. Tough shit. It works. It works. It's Again, it's body blows. That's what it is. Um, three, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust, right, Parker? Well, yeah. <laughs> shout out to the greatest... Shout out to the greatest... Coach, known the man, Woodrow Hayes. When you throw the ball, three things can happen, and two of them are bad. And he lived and died by three yards in a cloud of dust. So, all right, let me finish my tangent here. Rams um, got got a little bit of a lead on the Cardinals, so this one might be skewed a bit. But 27 carries, 24 dropbacks. Dolphins... um, we're down, you know, for a, a, a 14, a nothing. Bit of, yeah, they were yeah. down 14, nothing. So if we're down for a bit of this game and ended up opening it up to 42, 21, but 32 carries to 29 passes, all that talk about the passing game, they run the ball well and they didn't, and no, a, no a chan either. Um, Raiders again, we won't waste too much time on the Raiders, Raiders on the, on the McDaniels bowl, but, uh, Raiders, the 
Patriots. 28 carries to 32 dropbacks. They So they beat the Patriots. They also had Brian Hoyer, Hoyer in the game for the second half. Okay. Well, like Again, I don't want to spend too much time on this because the Patriots are dog shit. No, I agree. I just... You need the caveat I mean, that I mean, Brian Hoyer played a whole half of NFL football and beat the Patriots. Let's move on. As I say, if you want to talk about the Patriots, we can because you know we can, we can go into to a safety to lose the game. That's beautiful. Who's the right tackle? That was disgusting. Is that Adrian Clem? Because Brown, it wasn't Brown, right? Brown's at left. Brown's tackle, left right? tackle. I, they've had some injuries. I don't know who's at right tackle. I think it might be. I think it might be the guy. That was saying. gross. And Max Crosby made him look stupid. Max Crosby, um, good at football. I'm pretty sure he actually has like the highest snap rate in the NFL for D lineman. Like yeah. he's, he's just always, he's just on, always the on the field. Yeah. Um, let's see. Texans. They won. 28 carries. 29 dropbacks. Uh, Stroud didn't look great. But guess what? You didn't ask your quarterback to do too much, just like I'm talking about with all these. So here's an outlier because I'm fair and I'm a good journalist, okay? Lions, 20 carries to 47 passes. They won. They won big. Um, Jared Goff was just good. Gunslinger Jared Goff. Yeah, right? Who would have thought? Montgomery. David Montgomery did get hurt. hurt. He got hurt. That's that's why. Well, yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't think that meant. Hey, you have Jameer uh, Gibbs. You, no, you Jameer Gibbs was out. Jameer Gibbs oh, is also hurt. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't even play that game. I mean, I guess that. He didn't happen. even suit up. So it was, um, oh, I forget his name. But yeah, it was their third stringer. All right. So maybe that. So that's a why the outlier. A little something. Yeah, because we know Dan Campbell loves to loves to run the ball. But okay, interesting. And yeah, they didn't win big. So that this one's an outlier, basically. Um, the All right. So commanders, 18 carries to 28 dropbacks. <laughs> they didn't really get a lot of plays. Um and then just Desmond Ritter. Is that why you're laughing? <laughs> Desmond Ritter, 50 dropbacks. I think he was sacked three times. Oh, my God. 47 attempts against the Commanders. Oh, my God. Why are you th- putting it the ball in Desmond Ritter's hand 50 times? Yeah, but he was so good last week. Yeah, it's, oh yeah, it's not like they have a top 15 pick in a running back. Um, yeah, no, that that would be pretty right? cool, huh, dude? This so is the same I thing. I don't want to go all the way because like we were saying, get Kyle Pitts involved and get Drake London involved, but that doesn't mean throw it forty seven. No, times. it means it means use your running game and then hit them on play action because that's all Redder can do. Instead of nineteen attempts, you know, bump that up to twenty five, twenty six, and and spread those seven targets across Drake London and and Kyle Pitts, and your offense is looking great. It really is God. not great, but you're you're getting low twenties and you're in every game, the Falcons, which is as great as it can be for the Falcons. The Falcons are the most baffling. I like until this week, I actually really liked their style. You know, like fuck it, run, run, punt, run, run, play action, touchdown, whatever. You know, like like just old school football. You know what I mean? That's the way Arthur Smith plays. It's not the way he drafts though, because he drafts Kyle Pitts, who's not even a real tight end. He drafts Drake London. <laughs> like why wouldn't you if that's the way you want to play football then why wouldn't you like in Bijan makes sense why wouldn't you draft stud offensive linemen because they only have one bona fide Jake, stud Jake uh, Matthews uh or no Lindstrom the guard. Lindstrom yeah, yeah Matthews yeah, yeah. isn't a stud no and he's not, not anymore and he's not a run blocker so um no <laughs> so anyway I, I so yeah Ritter um and then the only, only other game, again, good journalism. The Colts were down big early, so you can't include it in the data set. Um, but, yeah. Uh, 
So my did point. You, uh, did you guys hear the big news? Oh, about Richardson. Uh, Richard. Yeah. Yeah, Richardson's off the lead. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, Tori, Tori was thinking next uh, Josh Allen type. Not, I don't want to put words in his mouth. I don't know if he had, thought nope. he had the ceiling of. of... No, I'll, I'll own it. I, I, th- I thought he was he was going to be Josh Allen 2.0, like horribly inaccurate in college, but had all the tools, but seemed to have a good attitude, good rapport with teammates, things like that. Um, I don't think it's too, I don't think it's too early to say that. I think it's too early to say that's not going to happen. No, a hundred percent. And it sucks that he he got. I mean, it. You hate when guys get hurt a lot, and I think every game he's been in, he's been forced out of, which is just so bizarre when you, when he's a big you, dude, yeah, yeah he's not, yeah. he's not this, tw- you know, tiny guy. It's a, it's kind of crazy to for me. He's not Bryce say. Young, right? Right, right. It's kind of crazy for me to say this, but it gives you a little bit of appreciation for Cam Newton because he took a lot of hits for like, a long time. Like, I mean, I can't stand that guy, but for he, a long time, it yeah, wasn't, yeah. I mean, it obviously shortened his career because he sucked by the time he was 30. I mean, what is he? He's like 32 now. Like he, yeah, like 32, 34, somewhere yeah. around there, yeah. So it obviously took its toll on him. But, yeah, you know, so, you know, speedy recovery to Anthony Richardson. Hopefully he does come back. And, you know, I would – I think he could be very entertaining. Um, but j- – Him and Jonathan Taylor. We got robbed of not seeing both of them on the exactly. field at the same time. Exactly. Because I, I, think, I think the Colts would have done what – the Bills should have been doing with Josh Allen all along and letting him hand the ball off. I think the Colts would have done that and they would have parlayed that into the read option game and the the kind of stuff that made Russell Wilson good actually was he had Marshawn Lynch to hand off to. You know, to that point, Daniel Jones, a good running back, if if you're a quarterback that's good on the move, it's a good running game is what lets you get out of the pocket. Yeah. You know, and that's and now that we look at it, like that's probably Russell Wilson at one time had an amazing deep ball as well. But that's why Wilson was good when he would get out of the pocket. But he needs a running game, and he needs a dominant running game, you know? All right. Um, I think that's it for our pro football takes for now, right? Um, we are egregiously abandoning MLB baseball. So here's your here's your baseball update uh, in Texas. Um, the Rangers are up 2-0. And did the Phillies, did the Phillies win? Do, 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 do. I'm not sure. won. And the Phillies won. And the Phillies won, so they get to play Dancing on My Own by Caleb Scott. Um, I'm all for any team that just has a rallying cry, has a has a theme song for a postseason run. Uh, that the vibes are high. I love it. I want to see all the videos of them dancing in the locker room. Uh, Phillies players at the club, Eagles players, Fletcher Cox got in on it. I'm all for it. Just keep on showing me videos of Dancing on My Own. The lyrics are really weird, but it's a bop, and I'll get down to it. Um, here's here's a baseball take for you, though. Um, so Nathan Ivaldi, he's three and zero with a two 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 eight ERA in the postseason. <laughs> just just because we're Red Sox fans, and just like being a Red Sox fan is the pit of despair. So, um, so there's a guy that obviously gets it done in the postseason, and you let him go. Traded traded for a bag of balls. I I can't remember. They traded everyone, so I think he might have even walked. Might be. All right. Uh, so I mean, if they traded him for a bag of balls, that's crazy. Well, you know, I mean, I guess there's a minor defense on this one because he was injury prone and he he wasn't really pitching a whole lot in the regular season. But you know, it just it just hurts that much more to see him do well in the playoffs. Of course, Mookie didn't do well in the playoffs, so there's that. But all right, guys, uh, game of the week. We had our, you know, our Heisman one-two against each other. 
uh, Oregon at Washington. And this one, a little, little bit of a shootout, a little bit of a, you know, kind of felt like whoever had the ball last, it, it didn't end up turning out that way. But um, I don't know. Uh, I guess my first, my first question on this is Michael Penix was number one on your Heisman rankings. Given, I don't know, my, my take on that was I thought Penix was just a little bit better than Nick's. Plus, he won the game. Yes, he had the interception, but um, I thought Penix was just a little bit better. I thought the degree of difficulty on the throws was just a little bit more. And, of course, that drive, two throws, 53 yards. Two throws, 53 yards, 33 seconds. You want to talk about a Heisman moment? You're trailing at home to a top 10 team in the country, division, conference rival, and... All the eyes are on you. All the eyes are on you. National television. You're the number one passer in the country. And, okay, Oregon will give you the ball at midfield. All right. All right, I'm down four. Okay, cool. Here, 30 seconds later, we're up three. All right. Bo Nix, you you go try and uh, kick... Just try to kick a game-tying field goal, you know? Nope, couldn't do it. And you're right. Bo Nix did everything that was asked of him uh, on, on Saturday. I mean... Another efficient day, throwing the ball, but it's just Penix is is different. Like his, it it seems effortless when he when he just goes up, throws it over a defender's head, and it's just like the the Washington receivers are electric as well. It that if that offense is just so so efficient. I, I don't know what stops it. I mean, Oregon's got a great defense, and it it didn't seem that way on Saturday. What? What is it? We're we're gonna get into Caleb Williams and Drake May later. What is it that has you know right now? Penix is really uh, projected to just be a you know a, a second day pick. Like second, he's pretty much in that second third round range is where they expect him to go. What what is it that has him below a Williams or a Drake May right now, and th- and that far below his age? His that age. that is true. He's what twenty three, twenty four, and is it so? And he does have an injury history. Uh, he's had has he had two knee surgeries? Were they both at Indiana or? Yeah, I, be- I believe he's. Had yeah, two. so when he was at Indiana, go ahead. Pardon. When he was at Indiana, he uh, he was pretty injury prone. I think he tore both ACLs, or uh, he had two ACL injuries, and he had um, a separate shoulder slash AC joint that derailed one of the years. I know. Uh, um. And there's also the there's also the this it's always been this way. Uh you see it a lot with like Pac twelve or not Pac twelve, Big Twelve offenses. Uh like this was one of the things against Mahomes actually. It's just like, oh, like it's just the offense. It's an air raid offense. Yeah, He's yeah. putting up numbers, you know, it's a scheme, it's not the guy. Um and <laughs> you don't have that conversation with Lincoln Riley and Maybe, maybe it, we'll see how Caleb Williams, when he gets to the NFL, how that goes. Because maybe that conversation starts if, if Caleb Williams isn't isn't much in the NFL. I know Kyler had some had some good moments, but are you building a team around Kyler to win? I don't think you are. I mean, and he's well, the Cardinals aren't. I was gonna say, yeah, he's he's. It sounds like he's out of town after this. Exactly. Year, so. so you know, I don't want to just have him. You know, I don't want to write Kyler off quite yet, but it, it it seems to be trending in that direction. If Caleb Williams is a similar thing, it'll be interesting if that narrative starts for for um, 
Lincoln Riley guys, but I think that's part of it too. I I think the offense that they're running, I think that draft scouts are just saying, oh, this is they're utilizing the best they can and this isn't a pro style offense and this will not translate. I think I think there's some of that too. I get you. Um I mean, but that being said, pro style offense has become less quote unquote right, pro because, style, right? Because they're like, going to the yeah, you're right. They're going to the colleges and you you see it all the time with, you know, guys that are I mean, Brock Purdy obviously had a bad week, but um that that that's not necessarily his style. That's that's not the Big 12 points points points. It's the Iowa State like, oh, defense is going to win you this game and you're just going to control it. Brock Purdy had a great great career at Iowa State, but it there is like narratives surrounding certain programs and certainly conferences and I think that can can sometimes hurt the prospect as well. Yeah, I got you. I mean, I'm not I'm no quarterback expert by any means. Um trying to watch that part of it more again as as obviously the game shifts a little bit more in their direction. Um but to me, I don't know, just like the th- some of those throws that he made uh you know, a couple of those touchdown passes, like it just looks like the tools are all there. So to me, it's like, okay, maybe is it age and injury history and all that stuff. But yeah, you know, scheme could be part. But I mean, again, I mean, Caleb Williams is, you know, he, he's a better athlete, sure. But like. And you also got to factor in, uh, like, one of the biggest things you talk about is decision making and not turning the ball over. Uh, Penix threw one pick, but, you know, he's, I think that is his third interception of the year. He's not turnover prone. We've, I mean, we've seen guys with like really low interception numbers because the reads are so easy. Well, though, that's so the, that's like, the other thing is is the is he progressing through his reads? Which to me, it seems like he is. Um, I, I know that's kind of been some of the talk with Shador is is he just getting good reads on the first on the first read? I don't think it is. I think he's he's processing as well. But um, I mean, college coaches get paid a lot of money to to make guys look good, right? Like if you are a good offensive mind in college, you can sometimes make, you can fool draft scouts in the NFL. And obviously that's why there's busts. And that's why there's, there's guys like Mr. Irrelevant that, that are playing well. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, and again, it, it really just ends up where you end up too. So yeah. like it, I think it's coaching is more important at that position than anywhere. Right. And and I think coaching is important period, but it's very important at that position. Culture is very important. Um, we, t- we talked about some, some coaching decisions in the NFL. I yeah, think, yeah. I think we'd be remiss if we don't talk about Dan Lanning a little bit here. Let's, let's do some second guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do some Monday morning coaching instead of quarterbacking. Um, and it's Monday night, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, they, they, Oregon goes for it. Uh, they're down four at the end of the first half, literally last play of the first half. They have it at the three, six seconds left in the half. They're down 22, 18. And they decide to go for the touchdown. Um, don't know what you're thinking there. You know Washington's going to put points up. Uh, to to Oregon's credit, they held them to 14 in the second half, including that game-winning drive. <coughs> but still, uh, four to one is a big difference. That's a big difference. And there is something to be said about going into half, not not having any points on uh, after going for on a drive like that. It's it's it is a bit demoralizing to you go into the locker room like oh crap now we're we're still we still need a touchdown like we yeah. don't you know you're not thinking field goal but if if you go down if you're in the half down one you're thinking okay like field goal we're we're in the lead now you know 
I I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it's kind of like the Giants not getting the score at the end of the half. Like I really I thought the Bills were going to come out and and just, you know, mollywog them in the second half and it didn't turn out that way, but you know, it kind of it had that kind of feel, right? So, you know, a little bit of credit and to he, the Giants for not letting that happen. And he does it again in the in the third quarter and um this time there it was after Washington had scored again and they're down uh 29-18, fourth and 3 from the 8. 7 minute drive, right? Like 14 15 plays something like it was a long drive you got to come away with something there again you know like and again let's talk about the numbers 29 to 18 let's do some quick math you get three more it's 20 29 21 and now you're it's a one possession game and you know again it's easy to second guess it's like like you know you don't do we don't have to do the metrics we don't have to be a brandon staley about it right um so it's not always about metrics sometimes it's just about feel but yeah, I mean, obviously that hurts. That's six points that that they didn't end up putting up on the board, and I mean, and that that ends up being the difference in the game, of course, right? And, so, and with that said, he goes forward, obviously, um, midfield, late fourth quarter, Oregon up now, and and the, he goes for it, and obviously they don't get that. They go zero for three. I don't have a problem with that one at all. I don't think anybody should. I think I think I think he showed keeping Penix off the field was in their best interest. Yeah, and you're you're treating him, you're treating Penix like Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. You're trying to give him the ball. You're trying to end the game before he can he can put the ball in his hands. If you punt and your and your punter pins him down at the three yard line with just under two minutes, up up four. I don't have confidence. I wouldn't have confidence on that Oregon sideline after what Penix had done all day. All right. Yeah, go yeah, go ahead, Parker. So I actually um wholeheartedly disagree with um I agreed with all three um fourth down decisions. The one before the half, I mean it, it is easy to second guess, but um he said like in his post game press conference that that is their mentality. Like they're going to go out there, they're gonna put the balls on the table and with the quarterback like Bo Nix, like go get that go get that touchdown. Like if they get that touchdown, like that means all momentum in their favor because they get the ball back to start the second half and they can really put Washington in a really interesting position themselves. Um the second one is the only one that I'm like maybe hesitant with. But um you showed the precedent early. Um, Bonix was was saying to go for it. I think I think you go for it there, and then on the fourth down at the end of the game, as Mike's saying, like you treat it like Patrick Mahomes, you get that first down and you bleed the clock to zero before he can even get the ball. So I actually agree with Dan, uh, or the coach, um, on all three. To me, the the Perfect. second the second one feels like just chasing points. You know what I mean? It's like um, you're chasing a loss. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. That, that, chasing yeah, a no, gambling I mean, loss. That's I mean, the, I get it. That's what that one felt like to me. But um, you know, I, again, I it, don't think they're egregious. I'm not trying to like say like he lost them the game necessarily, but I do think that those two were mistakes. Yeah, and, and, and I think I think the play call on the very first one was a terrible play call. 
but I like the decision to go. For Remind it. me, he rolled. Maybe. He rolled. He rolled. Bo, he yeah, rolled. Yeah, there's a roll out to the right. right. Yep, 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 yep. And it, it it only really has like two players, and one of them was taken out immediately, and the other one was covered. And honestly, um, Bonex was pressured. Well, they usually say like, "Oh, give him a give him your mobile quarterback a run pass option, right?" So I I don't know. And honestly, credit to Washington's defense. I mean, uh, I sat on this, you know, in front of this microphone last last episode and told you how bad they were, and they had been. Um, but they they stepped up when they needed to on those plays. It's kind of that bend don't break mentality, and it worked out for them. And and guess who's you know still in the top ten and now uh, a real real threat to to make the college football playoff dude that, that was, i think it was still first quarter that washington yeah. corner blasted that work yeah line. and like oh yeah and that he, was the first drive yeah that was the first drive and he and he heard him not injured him he heard him and i and i love that shit yep. <laughs> not injured I, I have a couple more takeaways please all right i guess we're, um we're, we're going for the right. tonight so um I personally was actually more impressed by Oregon in this game. Um, not to take away from Washington, I think Washington played a hell of a game. Um, they deserved that win, um, but I would also say that Oregon uh, deserved a win as well. Um, I know it's not a they're not in the business of taking more victories, um, especially in college. When if you lose two, you are done. But I think. Um, I think it was a little bit more impressive for Oregon. Um, not statistically wise, but Bo Nix, I think, outplayed Ben Nix. Um, especially in that second half. Uh, Bo went 20 for 24 with 220. Um, I think he had two touchdowns. Um, I I take back, like, I, I'm giving all the respect to both uh, Michael Penix and Bo Nix. Um, at this point, I don't see how anyone else is in the conversation for the Heisman. Um, with that being said, uh, I do have Penix at one. But um, I think these two teams will meet again in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship. And I I don't think it's going to be close. I think Oregon will win by quite a bit. I don't want to do recency bias, but I really do hope it is these two teams i don't want to see um if usc's defense doesn't improve i don't want to see them in the in the pac-12 championship game. usc's usc's last four games are a gauntlet okay hang on we'll they get to, let's Utah. get we'll, we'll get to okay. usc in a second hang on right. so um you know you say if you lose two you're done i think in the pac-12 after these last couple of weeks if you lose one you're done like because i I don't. I don't think. I don't think Oregon's getting back in the conversation. Oregon definitely can get back in the conversation if if this scenario yeah, plays Oregon out. Can definitely. If if this scenario plays out like Parker's saying, if these two teams meet in the conference championship and Oregon wins decisively, you have one loss and it's against a team that you beat and you beat them later in the year. The committee's going to love that. They're going to say they're trending upward. And yeah, but the conference is trending downward. Strength of victories is going down right now. And I mean, yeah, but it, uh, it was an anomaly. They were they were so far ahead. Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State are only going to lose to each other, which isn't going to drop them much. There's, I mean, there's going to be a debate for sure, but I'm just saying, I don't think you can lose. The SEC is not as strong as it has been. Who in the yeah, big, I think who in I the Big Twelve? Who in the Big Twelve really really scares you right now? 
no one in the Big 12 scares me. Nobody in the ACC scares you. Actually, I take that back. Florida State scares you. Okay, okay, but again, I'm just saying, like, the Pac-12, you know, we we talked about the depth. The depth kind of showed itself to not really be there as much as we thought. Um, We thought Colorado was sort of in the conversation, right? Um, Not jumping off the bandwagon, by the way. I'm, you know, I... I, I, I'm big on Colorado next year, but Colorado's maybe got two more wins, you know, left in them this year. So, um, but you know, I mean, or, you know, Oregon state, Washington state lost Oregon state, um, UCLA, like none of that, like the, the those were like helping the depth of the conference. Welcome to the pac 12 brother. Right. I, like I said, they're going to beat up on each you other. Said, you said it from the beginning. Cannibalize. Yes. That, so, but the really, the only contenders are, you know, the real contenders are Oregon and Washington. So. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but you can say the same about like every other conference. Like after the first two or three teams, there's a huge drop off. Um, you can definitely say that about the SEC. No, I can say it about the Big Twelve. And I'm not arguing that. I guess what I'm arguing, and maybe maybe you guys didn't agree at the time. What I argued is that it seemed like the Pac-12. Um, basically, the, the the conference winner had an automatic bid, and I I don't think that's the case anymore. And that might be. <laughs> Oh no! Um, there's only one league that their conference champion has an automatic. Right. Yes. Oh, it's country. I know. I know. But what I what I'm saying is, I thought this year, at the time, I was like, the conference is so strong that they got to let the Pac-12 winner in. And now, and, and I still feel that way, but I I don't know if they'll feel that way. You know what I'm saying? Um. But yeah. Well, I think. Oh. No. Go, go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I think with the Pac-12, I think the winner of the league is going to have either zero losses um, or one. It's either going to be Oregon or Washington. Um, Washington can slip up. Um, they bought themselves that leverage with winning this game. Um, if Oregon loses another game, like obviously they are done. And they're, well, the conference's only hope is Washington at that point. Um, and we've seen that's I we've think, seen that script before, right? Where where it's a one it's yeah. a one dog race, not to no pun intended with Washington. But once once the Pac-12 has won, they collapse in fantastic fashion. Where where you know, God forbid, Penix gets hurt, or even if he doesn't, and something happens, and you know, I don't want any, any of these things to happen. But it's just the the history of what has happened in years past in that conference. It it wouldn't necessarily shock shock you if it if it were to happen that way you're a monster <laughs> um, yeah no i yeah absolutely you know and the funny thing is is as things stand right now you know who leads the pac-12 usc <laughs> so <laughs> so if, if they actually write the ship they're, they're the ones that are going to be in the you know taking one of those spots in the championship game but let's move on though um so i have a bone to pick i am pissed at notre dame um, this is a championship defense. I like it was fun yeah, to watch this defense, and for them to screw up the fact that they, like they could have been that just run the football. I, like I love Estime, like just feed him the rock and and do what you did to Navy week one. You can't do it to that extent, but give Estime the rock and then let let Hartman beat you with play action pass or let him let him beat them with play action passing and. Like they just laid a comp- Ohio State, I'll give them, but to lose to Louisville, I mean that that pisses me off because they were so good in this U. That defense is so well coached, and they are and they are just so talented. 
and what they did to Caleb Williams, I mean, like, I mean, he was completely rattled. And and the thing is, so like, you you go into this, you go into this, you know, and come out of this game wondering, okay, is he really the number one guy off the board now? Is there a conversation? And I think there's going to be. I don't actually think that should be the case. I'm not that high on Drake May. I'll talk about that in a second. But what they did to him, and I and looking at this team, I just feel like Caleb Williams, where this could be a problem for him in the pros is he's a guy that if he doesn't have the talent around him, which if you're the number one pick, you're not going to have the talent around you, right? You're going into a bad situation almost always, right? Yeah, I mean, look at Bryce Young had to target Adam Thielen like 15 times. Yeah, but you but basically he got into a game against a really against the best defense he's faced this year by far. And he felt like he had to do too much. And when that happened, this, I mean, I said this in the very beginning of the year, like that he just extends plays, extends plays. And you can do that against San Jose state. You can't do that against Notre Dame. It causes problems. You know what I mean? And he, and really all three picks are on him. The first one, not entirely on him. You and I are still trying to figure out exactly what the play was. I, I say, yeah. it was, I think it was play action pass either way. It's on the right tackle. Um, what's his, uh, what's his name? The, the, uh, Javante John Baptiste. Give him credit because he gets in free. And instead of coming in out of, out of control, especially early in the game, you're all hyped up. I just want to go kill the quarterback. Right. And tackle lets him in free. And what does he do? He breaks down and, and and doesn't get a sack and i'm giving him all the credit in the world for this interception because like caleb williams wants you to come flying in so he can just sidestep you and then make his throw right right he breaks down comes in under control caleb throws you know and williams lofts that ball too high again the knock on maybe a short quarterback a taller quarterback can kind of throw that with a different trajectory right so that's the first interception second interception i think they brought six or seven you know, again, he tried, he just tried to do too much. You know what I mean? Like that, that's except a bad play. And, you know, and, he, and that ball gets uh, tipped. And then uh, was it Xavier Watts gets his second interception of the game. Yep. And then the third one's terrible. Rolling to his left. Just, I mean, there's nothing there. And it was just a horrible decision. So he, he had the worst. I mean, that's probably the worst game of his collegiate career, right? I mean, like, I mean, three interceptions in one half. Uh, put them in a huge hole. Um, the the Utah game, Parker. Do you think that would be worse? Um, which one? Actually, uh, it doesn't matter. No, that that was statistically his worst game in okay. college. Okay. Both Utah games were the first Utah game was a shootout, and Cam Rising just outplayed him a little bit. Right. The second one, they were they were in it until the second half. All right. Yeah. So then it kind of got away from them, but but yeah, no, statistically worse. Worst uh, game of his career. But again, you know, maybe the best defense he's played against, too. Like, I mean, it's just like, I mean, they are nasty. Like, I love that defense. And again, that's why I'm so mad. Notre Dame, I want Notre Dame to be in the national championship conversation, and they're not. But um, but looking at that roster, the receivers didn't help him out much. Like, there were a couple of, a couple of big drops. Um, Brendan Rice with like a like even I know like he just released on a, on a fade way too, way too wide, you know, when he didn't even have to, you know what I mean? The, right. the corner gave him room, um, just things like that. And, and then the right tackle. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Michael Tarkin, if that's how you say it, number 71. So 
He he almost he should have given up what what should have been a sack on that first series, the first interception. You know, the first interception, it's got to be on him. And the reason I say it's got to be on him is because then next, uh, I think the next series, um, sorry, what's the linebacker? Uh, Bertrand. Bertrand made a, these are those little plays that people don't really notice, but you go back and watch it. He made a, a huge tackle on a third and short. It was like third and three. And he stopped the USC running back, not uh, not Marshawn, but the other one. Um, what's his name? Barry? I don't. I don't know. Um, anyway, so he makes a tackle on third and on third and three, makes it fourth and one from like somewhere just outside Notre Dame twenty. And then that USC right tackle Tarkin, it, it was a. It, it's very clear that it was on him. And like Notre Dame shifted, they brought up they brought up an extra linebacker, and. And he steps left. 